want to know what a zero wrote in his family's receipts. There's no fucking money. You're supposed to be earners. That's why you got the top tier positions. So each one of you go out to your people on the street, crack some fucking heads, create some fucking earners out there. Welcome back. This is another episode of Good Earners Reviewing the Sopranos. I am Maurice Hunt III. This week, we had to, we had to go to Italy. We had to we had to go overseas. <laughs> to get, we had to get our version of Furio today. Hey, that's an uh, honor right there. Yeah. So, uh, nah, but nonetheless, the good brother from Culture Garden Podcast, as well as we got y'all, brother Rich. What's good with you, bro? What's going on with you, man? It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be on here with you, man. Shout out to Spike. Yeah, um, big fan of Spike, man. Big fan of Spike. <laughs> Me and Spike share a lot of the same views. Yeah, you hit uh, him yeah, up. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I find myself agreeing with Spike a lot. Ah, <laughs> I listen to these episodes, I can man. See that though. Yeah, I can see that, bro. Absolutely, man. So it's an honor for real, man. I love what you guys are doing over here. Yeah, and we appreciate that, and we love what y'all do as well. Like I said before, they they have a movie review podcast as well as a, a television show review podcast as well. We'll put all of that in the description but here at good earners reviewing the sopranos uh this is just not any sopranos podcast but this is the sopranos podcast where we talk about family finances finessing and feelings in the world of tony soprano bringing you a new perspective a fly perspective and most importantly a black perspective um this week's episode we will be reviewing is season two episode two do not resuscitate uh, but before we get into the whole episode, I'll give you the synopsis and we want to get a little bit about Brother Rich here uh, and his his journey uh, coming across this legendary show. Yeah, uh, the best show, in my opinion. But I know he feels differently. Yeah, you it feels guys. Different. It's close. It's, close. Very <laughs> it's close. close. It's close. You have no idea what it's like to be number one. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to get that off. But this episode, uh, Junior leaves prison due to his ill health and placed under house arrest while Livia's health also declines. Big P begins talking with someone interesting and learning more about Tony. This week's episode, season two, episode two, do not resuscitate. Rich. Yeah. How, when did you come across The Sopranos? So Sopranos was in my household, but I wasn't paying attention to it. Like my pops was a big Sopranos fan. But it was, you know, it came out in 99 and I was mm -hmm. 12 years old. So it wasn't something, even if I was watching, I would understand it. Yeah, I didn't get into Sopranos until I say about 2010. So about three years after it ended. Wow. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it in real time at all. I remember like the finale and the big like uproar cause, but I never saw it. And, you yeah. know, if I'm being all the way honest with you, the reason it took so long is because it took me a while to get past episode one. <laughs> But here's the reason yeah, why. A lot of people. Here's the reason why. I'm one of those people where you can't tell me over and over how great something is because I want the action mm -hmm. from the jump. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of times where unless I get a chance to form my own opinion, like yeah. I'm, my expectations were so high mm -hmm. and I just couldn't get past it. I get it. Okay, we got the ducks. We got the pool. We got them passing out. Like what's going on here? Like this just isn't drawing my attention. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a Wire fan. Like the Wire is my number yeah. one. But Sopranos is number two. Once you watch it and you get into the flow of it 
and you rewatch it and you rewatch it and you realize how brilliant the writing is and how mm-hmm. outstanding the acting is yeah. on this show. Um, it fact tying in with them being trailblazers, like they were the first to really do it like this. Yeah, you know, nobody thought this idea would have worked or they could have showed all of this, but they yeah. took TV to another level. It's one of those you had to be there moments. Yeah. Like how big the Sopranos was. I think the closest thing I've seen was probably Game of Thrones recently. Mm. The show was just so huge and it dominates no matter who you are, what demographic you're talking about this show. That's how Sopranos was. Mm. Um, and as you know, I tagged you guys back in February. I was in New York and made the trip down to New Jersey to see the Sopranos house. Mad jealous. Yeah, went to the neighborhood. <laughs> like the house, it looks just like the Soprano wow. house. You got the driveway. I got I got the, the little corner in the... um. Uh, in the cul-de-sac where Big P parked his car, like all uh, of that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Bruh. I love this show, man. It means a ton to me. Yeah. One more question before we get into it. Y'all know we normally get into it, but this is our first guest uh, of this uh, podcast. Is there anything personal that you t- you take away still from the show to this day where you're like, this is like in my daily, like in some point I'm always pulling from this. I, I know you do that with the wire. I'd imagine. So, yeah, that- man, that's a great question. Cause I'm sure there is, uh, you put me on the spot and I can't think of anything, <laughs> but I know for a fact there is, um, okay. I'll think of it throughout the episode okay. we'll back at the end, but yeah, Sopranos, there's so many references. And so, yeah. um, I'll take that back. I take that back. Just last week I told my boy, um, I, I show you my hand and you slap it away. <laughs> come, in big, uh, come in heavier, don't come in at all. I use that all the time. Come really? in heavier, don't come in at all. Obviously, I don't mean it in the same sense Junior did. <laughs> but it's just a turn to mean like, yo, you know, let's be serious about what we're talking about here. Um, yeah. Come in heavier, don't come. That I think that's the equivalent to the wire, you know, coming at the king. What's the coming phrase? At king, coming you at, best not miss. You best not miss. Like, so I think mm-hmm. that's like the equivalent of that. Uh, all right, that's dope. Well, I'm sure there'll be more stuff. I mean, I just find myself pulling pieces and just quoting stuff around the house. My wife is just always like, what are you talking about? But like recently, I just keep doing the like, like when I'm not going to spoil nothing here, but like when Tony's relationship status kind of changes, he comes in, you know, to seal and tells him like, man, I'm coming in all late, man. I'm getting drunk. I'm banging women. You know what I'm saying? He's like, what's the difference? It's a mindset, <laughs> and I just been saying that like about everything. It's a mindset. Yeah. So you ain't doing that different than what you were doing. Yeah, you were exactly. Doing. Like, yeah. bro, you bragging about stuff you was doing anyway. So, Absolutely. Uh, but nonetheless, let's jump into the uh, episode here. So we we go right here to scene one. I'm loving like how season two is rocking already. They come in. Uh, Tony uh, comes to see Junior, and they're having this banter back and forth and junior is emphasizing make things right with your mother i love this back and forth between the two uh rich what did you gather from this scene and what do you think his intent was when he first came to see his uncle june so he went to go see uncle junior because he had to get a message to him about okay. how things are going to start running so he needed to talk to him in order to set up meetings with uh, bobby mm-hmm. the one thing i love about this scene in particular is the tension off the jump between the two of them um, mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. For one, Tony feels disrespected that it took three weeks to even get on Junior's visit. Hey, boy. You know? Yeah. And Junior walks out. He has that look of disgust, like almost like, what are we, what are you doing here? And they, the way they pick up the phone and look at each other, like, what mm-hmm. do you want? Yeah. Be careful. The whole nine. So uh, 
it was definitely business, but you can see that tension was still there as far as what what went down at the end of season one. Absolutely. You know, I think it's really interesting. Um, last season, when the hit was going down, mm-hmm. uh, the hit attempt towards Tony, there was an interesting moment he had with Carm where he was just like, you know, dang, you know, I, I should have never been joking about yeah, you know, Uncle Junior giving head, you know, what I mean, to his 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 woman or whatnot. And so I feel like that scene is such a subtle scene, but it plays a heavy part here because it's like I'm, Tony doesn't look at Uncle Junior like you're dead to me. So I, I want to circle back. I'm going to give my comments, but I, I have a certain scene okay. in particular that I thought exactly what you're thinking. OK. And there's a reason why when we get to it, I'll talk about it. But I, you're, you're spot mm, on. With I that. think I know where you're going. I yeah, think I may know. Yeah, you're spot <laughs> on with that because I'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. Um, everything you're saying makes perfect sense. There is a certain type of disdain that is visible to us mm-hmm. as an audience, but also yeah. they have to communicate with each other. They have to yeah. make sure business keeps flowing. And, you know, it's a forced relationship at this point. Yeah, it is. Because I, I, I'm thinking like, this is clearly a way to take something personally. You really could have got you. You really tried to get that off. But I think, you know, game recognized game. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, no, nah, I guess I was out of pocket. Somebody even hit me up on IG was like, nah, Junior was within his, you know, realm of when you're talking crazy about the boss, which brings me to another thing that was said in the scene mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, tragedy is near you. You know, what I mean, he basically getting his flex off about the Philly kill. Yeah, it's just like Tony. You are Tony was flexing this whole episode when it comes to that. Oh man, he was flexing this whole episode. But one other thing about this scene is it shows, as we know, Junior's old school. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a a famous line that Mikey said in season one. Yeah, Junior cares about the image of the family. In multiple scenes throughout this episode, we see there's somebody out here talking about our name. You need to make right with your mother. Mm -hmm. Make sure all this goes away because it makes us look bad. You know, as, as an organization, as a family. Mm-hmm. That makes us look bad. So you need to get that cleared up. That's an old school trait that Junior has. No matter mm-hmm. what happened, clean this up so the outside looking in can make sure that everybody knows that we, you know, things are okay. And you know, I think Junior could have been a good boss. You know, I know we Spike and me, we joke about him, but I think he could have been a good boss. I think his time had just passed. He absolutely. Um if it was his era and he knew right. how to operate in that world, I mm-hmm. absolutely agree. I think Junior needs a really strong number two, like mm-hmm. almost an overqualified number two, somebody who could be running their own thing, but yeah. they don't want that life. He needs yeah. that good support and a good team around him. Otherwise, he's going to mess it up himself. So when you say number two, and I, I, I'm sorry, I, I get into it, but yeah, you say number two. You you So you think Mikey wasn't a good number two from like a thinking standpoint, like kind of consigliere type? Mikey, or? My, Mikey was an ass kisser. Okay. Mikey was trying to come up, you know, okay. that's one thing I love about Bobby. And I know we'll talk about him a lot because we, mm-hmm. we can introduce him to, this, to him this episode. Um, Bobby just kind of tells it how it is. Bobby's a little bit just in his own world anyway, mm-hmm. and he can't help himself. So it's yeah. not even in his innate nature to go along and kiss ass and do all that. He, we see minor parts of it when he first meets Tony in the, mm-hmm. in the, um, the Satrials, <laughs> but that's not his character overall. He's not going to play that game for too long. He stands yeah. up for himself foreshadowing way further on in the series like bobby stands up for himself and the the shit he believes in yeah you're Um, right and he ends up being somebody who can you know talk to tony in a certain way other people can not disrespectfully but yeah you know it grows with them so 
I, I don't think that Mikey was a good number two as consigliere, and I don't think that that person exists in this generation in this world for Junior. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know I, mean? I don't even yeah. think that person is around for Junior to make that happen, and if they are, mm -hmm. they're just as out of touch with everything that's going on the same way yeah. Junior is. Like, look at Philly was with Uncle Junior. That's the type of people yeah. he's keeping around him. You know. Okay, one, one more, one more. I'm sorry, y'all, but y'all that are real fans, y'all rocking with us. Y'all that whatever is whatever, but. Phil, Phil Leotardo, and this is not a big reveal here because I'm not giving anything away, but like, would he have been a, a equivalent number two for Junior? I think he's ahead of Junior, like by <laughs> far. But he's that he's the perfect example that overqualified number two. Okay. Yeah. Like that would have been one that goes down in the history books throughout the city. Okay. Like, if they two, if they were the Batman or Robin it, they could have really, <laughs> they could have really caused some damage. Yeah. Okay. Like I honestly, I honestly think that. And that's an interesting dynamic to see them together. Oh, yeah. Man, it's like two all stars linking up on the same ball team, yeah, you know. Phil, I'm I'm a big Phil fan. I'm a big Phil fan too. I can't big wait Phil to get there. Yeah. <laughs> um uh moving on, but lastly, I just I like like you said, I like the dynamic and um also just like how they're going back and forth about the hit. And you know, he was just like Tony Flex to say, like, I, I got ahead of you, but he's like, Hey, it, it almost was you, my little nephew. Like, don't get it twisted. And it really was like yeah. it, low key, people don't realize it's like Low key, the black the black boys to men that they they claim they called him, he <laughs> would have got it off if Junior didn't request him not to be shot in the face. That is the only reason that he low key didn't get it off. He would that hit would have happened, but he aimed for the body, which obviously he shot the orange juice, and so he got just enough time to react. But if he said headshot, any shot is okay. We might be having a different conversation in, in reality. Hundred percent, and I think that's a, a a little bit of that too. Is Junior letting them know, like you guys keep playing me, like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And while there is some truth to that, Junior doesn't believe it. He wants them to know, like, like you yeah. just said, if you wanted to be out of here, I'd have had you out of here. Yeah, I like it. Um, we go to the next scene. We go to the construction site. I didn't get the name of these actors. Um, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I don't know. You were real deep in this bag, but these are two. I'm talking about the Reverend and his father, the the veteran. These are very well known black actors in our community. Strong characters, you know, for them to be or be or see characters here, they're very strong yeah. uh, in their careers. But even this moment, uh, we see that the the black workers are standing up because they're on strike because they're not getting any of the joint fitter jobs for whatever reason. Which there's a lot more that's going on than we understand at this moment. Um, what did you get from this like construction site scene right here? Um, well, before real quick, Bill Cobbs is Reverend James Senior. Okay. And then we have um Greglin Williams as Reverend James Jr. So those are the actors that play in this scene. But it's just a typical what we expect to see from black people in Sopranos <laughs> world. Like, just not yeah. getting their not getting their fair shake, not getting their just due. Um mm -hmm. obviously there's more to this story than we know, but at the moment it, it's that's not uncommon for these sites to just have people um, of not any kind of diverse background. Let's put it mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to these union jobs, you know, you go to, you go looking for work. Some days you don't know if you're working or not. Mm -hmm. So that's a big deal. That's a lot of money that they're missing out on. So they going straight to the, straight to the head. Man. We're tired of it. We're going to protest. We're going to cause a problem for you on your site every single day and make it real. <laughs> Yeah, I I do like that aspect, and I understood what was going on. It's like whatever y'all finesse and whatever y'all got going, whatever. Like we need to make our money, like because we got families to feed. I like that. I just I'm not big on, and I talk about this. I just don't like when we pander to the racial 
differences from one culture to the next as a plot because it always seems very generic to the black black characters it just feels like y'all didn't know y'all didn't take time to do research with how black people are outside of racial issues that we have with with Mm -hmm. people and so it just feels like oh we'll do this this make it interesting and go now i'm not saying that's what they did these are you know genius level writers and and you know creators and directors and all that but it does always feel like uh we didn't know where else to take it so this fits this story is convenient but i never like when people do this no i, I completely understand with you it, it reminds me i don't know you ever seen sons of anarchy nah that was uh, one of them shows running during the thrones era i, I believe yeah like, sons of anarchy is a real good show I, I really enjoy it but they did have this weird thing where because um, it's about a biker gang whenever black mm-hmm. characters would come on screen they play hip-hop in the background Whenever uh, like the Spanish characters come back, you know, it was oh. one of those weird things. I was like, yo, y'all fool me. Like yeah. comical. Like it, it was so <laughs> it was so over the point oh, on top of your head, you was almost laughing at it. Like, come on, y'all, like what y'all doing? Bro. Um, but <laughs> I I agree with everything you said. I think they can get away with it in this episode because of what how that whole situation transpires. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? To kind of bring it full circle and not just say, Hey, this is just how it is. There's more to the story. Than what mm-hmm. we know at the moment, so they get away with it in that sense. I don't know if you saw the one of the protest signs said Massaron because that's the name yeah. of the construction site, but it had Massa in all capital letters, kind of mm-hmm. a play on Massa. You know, we wow. still wage. That's good. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think the writers were a little bit in touch with what was going on. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, it, it, this was we see that from time to time here in this show yeah. and other shows as well. Yeah, and and I know that that this is kind of probably tying it to. I know there was some mob stuff going on. I don't know seventies, eighties, or something. It was on a documentary on Netflix, but that this was like a real racket. Like construction was like a real, mm-hmm. you know, real thing or whatever. And they definitely brought the problems when they needed to. Absolutely, uh, you know, the the Italian mob or whatever. But Masseron, this is uh this is a junior racket, right? Yeah. yeah okay. It is th- that this little that little detail uh, will play later. Sure will. It sure will. Um, we pan over to Janice and Tony in the driveway. <laughs> oh man, Janice! Hey, I, watching it this time is just—it's just a game changer, bro. I ain't going I don't want to stretch out everything here, but I, we'll we'll cook. But uh, Janice and <laughs> Tony in the driveway. Uh, you know, Meadow. You know, she. She sees her and she was like wanting to ride with her, but she's like, I got, you know, I got my studies. I got to study French and I got stuff to do, but you know, go and do your thing. And Janice is getting ready to leave. But it's funny because Tony was watering the driveway and then just like, he, he was patient with it. This is what makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, he's, he's smoking a cigar, just doing a casual suburban life waiting. Okay, cool. He immediately, immediately ready to cook her grits. Mm-hmm. Like, bruh, what 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 was you, what was what was you gathering here? Were you seeing seeing this like this anger? Well, the one thing that was not addressed at all in this episode was the fact that Tony's not in therapy, and it was very mm. clear during this scene as a reminder. Like Tony is not in therapy right now. You know, mm-hmm. in episode one they even mentioned it. You know, Carmelo mentioned it. You know, you need to get back into it. In episode two, it's not even discussed. Yeah. And if you kind of get lost in the episode, you forget about Dr. Melfi and you forget about a lot of things because a lot of the, you know, the crew themselves, they weren't in this episode a lot. You know, Chris mm-hmm. was only in one scene. This was really a Janice episode. Hmm. You know, it was a Janice driven yeah. episode. And I, I think this episode stood for two things. 
more about who Janice is as a character, which I, I, I can kind of agree with Spike, as he said last week, the most gangster soprano, because Janice <laughs> is a cold-hearted gangster. She's cold. In, in her own way. Yeah. In her own way. But it, it gives you an introduction to how she thinks and how she operates. And it's also a, vi a big vision episode. You know what I mean? Tony's trying to see things clear. We started out in episode one with he knows Janice is there for a reason, but he's trying to figure out what the actual reason is. He okay. knows something's still off with Big P, mm -hmm. but he can't figure it out yet. This is starting to put things into perspective for us. Okay. We learned things about P that we were, ah, maybe, maybe not. Now we know for sure this is going on. <laughs> Janice is here because she's a sweetheart. Ah, maybe, maybe not. Now we know for sure what Janice is doing. <laughs> when you think about all the eye references in this episode, vision, mm -hmm. like, they, they, they killed it with it. But wow. um, I love the fact that he just goes from zero to 100 on her. Tony's the middle child, mm -hmm. and you're not gonna little bro me. Yeah, you feel me? I'm the boss. Yeah. And Janice, throughout this entire episode and series, little bros Tony. She does things oh, and kind of gets no repercussion, in only a way a big sister can do. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that was, you know, hey, I want to talk to you about this. Janice is always playing coy, like, oh, I meant to say this, but now that you brought it up, it's a good time for it. Um, he knows she's on some bullshit, and he said, she, you know, she says, I got a friend who's a realtor. She can charge 3%. Janice knew that before she left from Seattle. You know what I mean? She knew that that was going to be a play for her. Yeah. He just putting these things piece by piece by piece, scene by scene by scene, until she finally gets what she wants by the end of the episode. And that's okay. how she kind of operates throughout this whole world of Sopranos. Hold on. So what right here, based on this, this conversation in the driveway, what was her intention? What was she hoping to gain? She wants that house. She just okay. She wants the house. She gotcha. wants the house. She wants the house. Absolutely, and that's why she pulled a for sale sign. And she says, "Oh, you so left brain. This house is still for sale. I just wanted to save some money. The real reason I pulled it is because I know someone that can flip the house. She only charges three percent. Mm -hmm. I know that's pocket change to you, but Ma can use the money. I love mm -hmm. Tony's line. Oh yeah, fuck her. Um, <laughs> you're so angry at Olivia. Yeah." Um, but yeah, she knew that I came from Seattle. I'm not going to be able to stay with Tony the whole time. Mom still has her house. I need to get back in that crib. I need to figure out what kind of earnings I can recuperate while I'm in town. You know, whether I need to be in somebody's will. I need to make sure I come out whole because things are coming yeah. towards an end. And that's hmm. Janet's whole place. She's looking out for number one. <laughs> um, three percent. That's fifty four hundred dollars. That's that's still for for a person like Janice. Mm -hmm. That's definitely like yo. I want that. Like I need fifty four hundred. We know how parents get with that tax check when they got a little, a few kids. That fifty four hundred is, hey, you know. Out. So getting and that, she knows, yeah. she knows Tony won't need it. She knows yeah. that's nothing. That's not even worth Tony's time. Yeah. So she can easily just collect that. Yeah, she she, she gonna be acting like uh, Franklin from Snowfall when he opened that safe. <laughs> yeah, he act like that twelve thousand was nothing. It was like psh, that's know. a great reference. That's a great <laughs> reference. That's exactly how he would act. Like that's a waste of his time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she yeah, she I don't think she's the biggest gangster. Um I still think Tony is, maybe because they we were with him so much. Uh, but I'm very I'm gonna look more into between her and Livia because it's a neck and neck thing, but she kind of I don't know, she's kind of like levels ahead of Olivia because she's not married, I think. You know, maybe that plays a part. She can kind of move how she needs. So she may be a bigger gangster. But nonetheless, I like that conversation. I think it's also funny 
that while he's having this conversation, he's getting mad and he wants the, <laughs> you know, like the later scene about the ketchup, right? The funny, like yeah. the attorney can't get the ketchup out, little stupid stuff mm -hmm. right here. Like Tony's getting mad and he wants to throw the hose, <laughs> but it's still on. So, you know, you throw it. It's going to spray everywhere. Yeah. So it's like this. He wants to throw it, but he can't. And he's just frustrated about that. And that to me is just like those subtle, hilarious things that, sopranos do well that why i feel so highly about what they can do versus other shows is to take it so far on a dark and menacing mm -hmm. and then in the same token go all the way to real funny where you will actually fall out laughing like livia running over her friend and her <laughs> legs and stockings are on the car like that is real funny you know what i mean so yeah uh great scene know. but he was he was so mad though yeah. he was he was heated that's what um, I said, man. I love when Tony go to to a hundred like that because he just loses it. He just loses yeah. it. And I think you're right. Tony is the biggest gangster, but Janice is a gangster in her own right. Absolutely. And like she plays it. She plays it so well. She she gets she gets she gets a body before a significant other does. <laughs> man. You know what I mean? Come on, man. Bro. Come on. Uh we we go over to uh Janice visits Livia. And we've mm -hmm. seen last episode she was uh you know visiting her. Uh, with Meadow, but her, uh, Livia was making a statement. Then was like, "Oh, you, you, all you do is come in here and leave, basically." Because Janice can't really stand her neither. You know, sure. I think I had a different interpretation the first few times watching this. Like I was like, ah, maybe she's a little closer. But as I spoke before, I think Janice was probably more of a daddy's girl. I mean, we see that in the down neck episode, she rode with, around with Johnny all the time, and so she probably had a relationship with mom, but not the same as Tony, which we'll get some reveals later about memorabilia. You know uh, how she really felt about it, but what? But what? What would you say? I love that you just said that because it goes to the point we were just talking about her being a daddy's girl. If Janice was a boy, she'd be the boss. Oh, <laughs> you say she'd be what? She'd be the boss. Facts. Oh, she yeah. was the firstborn, and she she's already the firstborn. If she was a boy, oh yeah, she would. She she has that perfect mix. I feel like of Johnny and Olivia. Mmm. Like absolutely, the way she can spin people and kind of play that. Oh, really? Like I don't know what's going on, type of yeah. thing. Like Olivia, yeah. And it's the way she is, matter of fact, yeah. And see the long game. Like mm -hmm. we see it in the scene. Like this scene is setting up the long game. I'm. I know what I want. I got to put it together piece by piece. It almost reminds me of what Chris said um, in last episode. You don't bleed a guy all the way, way up front. Yeah. Janice is taking her time with it. <laughs> Olivia is just as smart because she peeps. Yeah, yeah. we get there. So you, it's lo I love to see them go head to head. Yeah, this is beautiful. Uh, you hit it right on the nose. Um, yeah, I because I, I always look at and I even somebody had I don't remember what they had posted about uh Many Saints of Newark and I I, ra I randomly still get likes from my comment just random you know over time and what I said on there what I didn't like about Many Saints uh was just I felt like uh the demeanor of of Johnny changed. He was more angry and aggressive versus mm -hmm. in here and down neck that episode. And then even maybe, I, maybe we get some more flashbacks. Well, we do get more flashbacks later. Yeah. Well, I say, I feel like Johnny was more charming. You know, he yeah. had a charm about him. So when I think about just the traits that we've gotten, I think of him as charming, smooth, uh, but about his business. I think Olivia as uh, consistent, um, wise, but very, uh, uh, pessimistic yep. so when and, i look at 
So when you say that about Janice, I look at her as she does have a charm about her. She yeah. charms away into a few relationships. She Absolutely. can't. 100%. And, yeah. And she know, and she does care about being liked. Like, like how Tony does, as much as he's a gangster stuff, he really cares about being liked for whatever reason. That That's a thing for him. So she does care at moments about that. It was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this, even though, you know. So it, you're absolutely right. I think she is. If she was a, a man, Tony might be Anthony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony Maybe. might be Anthony. You know what I'm saying? For real. So, <laughs> Maybe. Um, but Janice, uh, her latest scam she was speaking about, um, was a self-help video lady carol whack bro i thought this was funny and i also said bro this probably worked today <laughs> it, it would it would 100 work yeah. you know i think she that's right off. in that um miss cleo time and where you just kind of you can yep. put yourself out there as something and sell it and that would mm -hmm. happen and i just love how so self-aware she is as far mm -hmm. as her janice putting out a self-help book that's just comedy in itself yeah like that's I mean, just hilarious because you think about her finesses, her finesse game is is different because she is getting, you know, disability mm -hmm. for her hands because and she worked at a coffee shop. Yeah. So really, if she was in a mob for real, her rackets would be on, on that level. But she's doing it from a civilian level, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, that's so pool. that's a good pool right there. <laughs> uh, there's a, a insightful line here. I thought that Livia says she says you can, you could never stand it here. Or yourself. What do you think she meant by that? She didn't know. And you can even tie this back into the fact that maybe she, that she wasn't the firstborn. The thing that she would have been really good at, she didn't have an opportunity to do. Mm. And I think she kind of grew up as somewhat of an outcast. She, if you think about that era, I'm, I'm, they grew up, what, in the 70s? You know, yeah. Um, a lot of things going on just throughout the country. We see she's kind of billed as a hippie. Yeah, definitely. Um, moves out to Seattle and she didn't know exactly what to do with her life. Um, she didn't see her parents do honest work for a living. Yeah. You know, she didn't see them go to school or college. So if you're grown, if you're thrown into that world and you're not being raised to have a certain plan, you just kind of do what you want to do. And she knew her, her, she knew she didn't want to be around her mom. I forget mm -hmm. it. And I don't know if it's ever alluded to when Johnny died. Yeah, but once he did, I think she knew right away. Like I'm out of here. I'm not getting anywhere mm -hmm. near this woman. Mm -hmm. and we see the tenseness of their relationship, and she's been going for however many years. Yeah, so I think yeah. she knew. Like you don't even know who you are in a sense. Like you just you run away from all your problems. And okay, that's how I took it. You know, also watching it again. Like that's what that's the power of podcasting. Because watching it this way. I kind of feel for when we get to the pool scene, I go a little bit more, but I never felt much of for I never felt much for Janice. Okay. You know, uh, she was gone Dang. for 20, 20 years. I never felt much for like, you know, how she came off. But of course, that's the way it's it's meant to come off. But the more we really peel the layers back here, I'll go more into it for the sake of time because I'll I'll go here, but I I'll say that there's some 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 emotions and some thoughts kind of moving a little differently as I'm watching it this time around. Um, I wanted to ask, with that line, do you do you think Tony feels the same way about himself that he can't stand it there or himself because of that concept I talked about season one, always wanting something else? We we'll get later. Uh, maybe I could start over. Maybe I could do it right this time, or uh, you know. You know how he keeps alluding yeah. to 
the the golden days. Like lately, I feel like I came in at the end. You know what I mean? Or, I think Tony looks at. I think he has thoughts of what his life would look like if he took a different route. Okay. I think he's also. I think he's deep enough into it to know that it, this is what it is. So I don't think he spends too much time harping on it. I mm-hmm. think he knows who he is, even though he's he does and he doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. he's a master manipulator. He wears a lot of hats. He plays yeah, a lot of do. characters. You know, that's a big reason he's in therapy to begin with. Yeah. So I don't think he look he looks at himself in the same way Janice does. But if I wasn't the one, he does hold that resentment. You know, I'm the one that's been here taking care of her, been miserable, trying to do yeah. everything I can to be a decent son, and I get nothing in return for it other than a a hit. <laughs> so I, I think I don't think he really plays it that way, but I, I, he's also searching for himself for sure. Okay. Um. Lastly, another black sighting here. The nurse is black. Mm-hmm. You know, she got the Cisco cut. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how to know about the '90s? I know the Cisco cut. So, oh, so we get a few black sightings this episode. Um. She and Livia. Lastly, she says something about you don't know your father and what he put me through. It almost seemed like when she said this, it's kind of like she was trying to get under her skin a little bit because I think the daddy girl thing, like and how she reps Johnny kind of like you don't understand. But it's a weird thing that she does because, again, and well, let me ask why we're well, I'll wait till we get to when when AJ visits, because I want to ask you about what side do you fall on with Livia's memory? So this is probably I, when we get there, I'll see kind of where you go with it and, and I'll kind of elaborate a little more. Um, yeah, man. But just real quick about that scene. Livia says, I gave my life to my children on a silver platter. You know, she said, going along with what you were mentioning about her dad, like her memory of, and I think we saw this in season one as well, when she talked about how Johnny was a saint. Yeah, you know, okay. obviously we we know in you know flashback scenes and other things that Johnny wasn't necessarily a saint, and she didn't feel that way about <laughs> it when he was alive. Yeah, so that's just her. You know, she's playing a guilt game. You know, push me out a window, open up the window, push me out. Like she's mm-hmm. doing all that because she knows what Janice is up to. She knows that she at this point is just a pawn in the big game, and yeah, she's ready to move on from that because she she sees herself bigger than that. Yeah. She's she got it off too. Mm-hmm. Uh a short scene here. We get Tony and the union rep talking about fixing the protest. Um, maybe you can provide some insight. I was trying to understand how this racket is working because we we later get the reveal with Tony working with the Reverend. But I guess I was trying to understand how's this working from what angle and who's in charge. Kind of like with Wabistics. Like I'm kind of and I don't necessarily mean think the show is meant to like clue us in detail by detail what's happening but i right. guess i didn't understand in the way it was kind of working you know what i mean mm-hmm. so I, I i going with what you just said i don't even think they made it for that okay as far as who was running what i just know that you know i'm trying to run a, a site and i got protesters here and i need them going this is okay. bad for business i need this cleared up and that's pretty much the ins and outs of it. And I know that you, you know, Masseron, Jack Masseron mentioned, I was hoping that you can clean it up like you did some of your unions. Mm-hmm. And this is Tony's play overall. Like, Tony yeah. knows, like, you're going to be the one calling me to help fix you up. That's why he says it's going to cost you. And he goes on like that. But I, I just, I don't know what extent is messing it up as far as money. And I don't know why you just don't let the protester stay as far yeah. as um, having to pay him to get rid of him. But it was just showing that Tony's in another play. 
and then I didn't think about it. This is a transitional period, too. He's he's boss. This mm-hmm. is Junior's racket. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an important part of it, too. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's so now he's having a and but he see how quickly the tone changes. It's like, oh, you 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 talking real slick right now, you know, when it comes to this. And he, he kind of he, you know, disassembles him right there real quick. He was like, oh, my bad. You know what I mean? Like he had to had to chill out a little bit. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. OK. All yeah, right. Nobody, nobody's innocent in that world. No, 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 not at all. Uh, we we go over to I think we're at the back of Satrials, I believe. The back store? of Satrials, man. We okay. meet Bobby. Yeah, Big P, Tony. We meet Big Bobby Bacala. This is Spike Lou's guy. We we ain't gonna get a whole lot of that at this moment because there's there's a lot of character development happening. But Big P, I mean, uh, Bobby Bacala, uh, the lovable bear. <laughs> Yeah, Bobby top five, man. Bobby top five top, character for you. Bobby top five, yeah, absolutely. Do you have any Bobby phrase that that <laughs> that you just you rock with, like, or just as a, a line that you think about when you think about Bobby? Well, I definitely have one. What's yours? It's it's so simple. It's later down the road where he started smelling himself. He didn't have a whole lot of time to smell himself. Yeah. But when he started feeling himself, he pulled up and the dude came, you know, dropping off the money. What you, you ain't no envelope, like. <laughs> hey man, Bobby's Bobby's yeah. he, he he might be he's top five character. He might be top three funnies. He might be top three funnies. He's such a subtle, yeah. subtle sense of humor. Yeah, you I, it's hard because you got Chris, Paulie, them two already. I, I'll be real, I'll be real. The one Bobby line that I always think about, and I'm not gonna say much about it, I'm just gonna say the line. Whoa, it's my wife we're talking about. <laughs> You Sopranos taking too far. Yeah, man. I I don't want to say too much about that. Scene, <laughs> yeah, because that's a great. That's that's the Bob. That's like the defining Bobby. Yes. Yes. Because it, it was like even off pitch, but anyway, we're going to face everything. Yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know y'all like. What are y'all talking about for people that ain't seen it? Don't worry. We'll yeah, there'll be a point. We'll get there. Trust me, you'll get there. Uh, but um, Bacala, Bobby. He's doing Junior's business for him right now while he's still in prison at the very moment. Uh, and they set up this meeting. So, Tony, he's chilling. Great posture. I love the fit, by the way. The full cream polo with the slacks. He was ripping it right here, dog. Like, freshest of the episode. Yeah, this is definitely freshest of the man. Come on. With the gold watch, too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he was killing it. There's a guy on Instagram that he did a video about all of the watches on uh, The Sopranos. He does oh, it with okay. different shows. Bro, these watches were expensive we talking 68 grand 34 grand i'm like yo yeah there's some nice time pieces you can tell yeah yeah um so basically bacala comes in and he's doing all of the he's he's being the direct line of communication between uh junior and tony what what are some things that stood out to you at this this introduction of bobby and kind of how this meeting is going down in the pork store um the biggest thing is that bobby's like the last man standing Mm-hmm. of junior's crew you know he's the one that by default because we need to communicate with junior still by default you got to stay around um so you're the lucky winner mm-hmm. and tony just flexing on him like he has been junior and everybody else you know there's a lot of funerals in your corner of the world mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying he's letting oh. him know i run things don't act <laughs> like you like me because i know it's not true but now you don't have a choice because i'm the guy hey, but hold on, hold on. <laughs> you, I, I thought bobby was genuine he said, I, I never had no problem with you. I don't think he never had a problem with Tony, but Tony's not there to play nice with Bobby. Okay. He wants him to know, like, I am the guy. Okay. So 
you don't there's no buddy buddy right now. You still juniors, dude. I still look at you that way. You're gonna okay. have to earn your keep. And like okay. I said, the only reason you're around is because you have to be around. If it was up to me, and I don't know if on a personal level he dislikes Bobby, even though he yeah. has a lot of disdain for him and a lot of <laughs> comments about his weight. Um <laughs> but he he knows that Bobby needs to be there as a caretaker for junior and that middleman. So okay. it is what it is. Um he you know, he obviously lets he lets Bobby know that he's going to let Junior continue to earn pretty much at the bare minimum. You know, you're going to get mm-hmm. enough just to survive, pay your legal fees, mm-hmm. live, but everything else belongs to me. Like I said, it's just that Tony flexing. Oh, Look man. at his position, man. Look at him in the office. He got he, he obviously sets the scene with his whole crew behind him. Tony's in a chair with his feet up. Like, this man. is easy for me. Like, I took over your whole operation. This is easy work. Like, Bobby oh, fall in line. Yeah. Yeah. I survived the hit, bro. Yeah. I survived the hit and came out yeah, on and, top. Like, and then Tony said, we don't know Bobby in season one, but obviously he's been around. So Tony said, for, for all I know, everybody was in on that. All y'all all right. knew about this. Okay. Got you. Yeah. So that's, I got no love okay. for none of y'all. That's a great way to put it. I didn't think about it. You're right. It's like I have to assert myself this way because you're right. It could, For all I know, all it, yeah, you're right. I ain't even think about that. That's a, that's a great pull. In, in in black terms, he said, tell that bald nigga <laughs> that calls himself my father's brother that mm-hmm. I'm going to let him keep earning at a subs- subsistent level. Mm-hmm. I don't know what subsistent is, but that almost sounds like a worker level. Like, yeah, it's just a bear. I'm going to I'm going to make sure he has enough to survive. Mm-hmm. All them he, trips, to, all them trips to Boca, that shit oh, over yeah. with. Yeah, it's over with that. That 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 Boca thing. Yeah, it's a no go. Any any extra <laughs> expenditures that you plan on or got it's over, bro. Y'all are super OV and and. Uh, Bobby says that he inherited Junior, who was his boss before. So I don't know if this plays into like you know Big Bacala, his his dad that we'll we'll see see about later. Um, but that speaks volumes because it's like okay, we don't mean Junior, not even like which now it starts to make sense to understand the, the chemistry being built and even understanding like how the care level kind of changed. But but it wasn't really there at first, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like I inherited him. It wasn't even like, bro, I was rolling with him. Like Bobby was probably junior varsity. You know what I mean? He wasn't really even looked at to be on the varsity squad. Now, by default, because a player's injured, so to speak, he's now on the squad. That's what it almost mm-hmm. comes off to me. Like when when he says that. Um, yeah, but that's what. What, oh, what was you gonna say? I was gonna say, and that's why that's why Bobby's on that. Like, yo, I've always liked you. Like, I ain't even. Yeah. I'm not even tied in with dude. Just to if you do think I knew something about it, I, I wasn't even around when all that was being set up. Like, I yeah. kind of that could be yeah. his way of flipping it. Like I said, yeah. we don't know the exact timeline, but yeah, but but we we I think we're getting a lot out of it. He uh, Tony says, he, tell him you get five percent, five percent of his, uh, you know, his shy, five percent yeah, of his sports, business. his betting. Five percent of the coke. Now I didn't know what coke he was referring to because I know they ain't big on drugs, so I don't know what what they referring to when he said five percent of of the coke. Yeah, cocaine. Oh, they really. Oh, well, this. Yeah. But wait, what what would Junior be doing with the being involved? He's old school, like you know. They really despise that in the mob, like moving drugs. Like you seen it in Godfather, like they like what? Yeah, I don't know what kind. I'm sure he has some kind of operation set up. Yeah. I'm sure he's far away from it. That's the only thing that I could think of as far okay. as coke. You know, the Shylock business made sense. That was pretty much a loan shark. Okay. Um, and everything else. But yeah, there's no other form of coke that I could think of. But I was kind of surprised to hear that he was involved in it, but also not yeah. Any underworld dealing, I think he's gonna try to have his hand in it. 
Yeah. Um, and then he said, this is this line that I want to tie back to the construction scene. He said in the joint fitters union is all his. So the headache that, that Tony has for them, it's all his. So whatever they profit or don't, it's almost like, bro, I don't really, I really don't care about this. Cause this is way more of a headache than I want to be involved with for real. Cause it, this micromanagement is not really Tony's move. He really don't like that. So I love that. He said, that's all his, but he's flipping it. Like I'm doing you a favor. So I, I thought that was a, a really interesting thing uh, that he did. And, uh, you know, just <laughs> on the way out of the scene as we go to the next one, Bobby's like, uh, to the, what, what does he say? To the, uh, to, to the to victory the, goes the laws and spoils. He's like, Get <laughs> boy, if you don't like, dude, like yeah, that man, is too much, man. Take, take your fat fucking <laughs> uh, get out of here. Yeah, I'm bro. like that, man. Tony, they show no regard for Bobby, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it, man. And it, 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 it's gonna be funny when we get to the later. See how Bobby reacts when he walks off. It's like, yeah, like well, I'll wait till we get there. That's um, one of my favorite scenes. Oh yeah. Um, so we we go over to uh Big P in a hospital. It's not a long scene. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'm gonna tie that in with him riding with the Fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We find out. So in, in it's funny that we know him, he got you know arrested for selling H, but at this moment he's kind of high. Like he's on H. Mm -hmm. So it's I just thought I don't know how intentional that was. I'm not the overly deep guy when it comes to like pulling out these type of tie-ins, but if it is, that's dope. If not, then it's cool too. Um but he had to be high for his decision making in this scene. Yeah. Like I don't I don't understand why he had skipped there to drive him anyway. Mm. Well, Big P's car is recognizable. Yeah. So he probably has to ride with this guy. And then the guy's dressed in a jumpsuit. So he kind of can pass for like a friend of theirs, you know? Yeah, but wouldn't it make sense if you've been going all this time and you've been talking about it because of your back and everything else, mm -hmm. it would make more sense for Peter to have somebody from the crew like, yo, I got this back procedure. I need somebody to drive. Me. Oh, that way they good. can be there and even see like, you know, I was in there with them. I talked to the doctor. My man's back is really messed up. Like I even drove yeah. him. Kind of yeah. puts a little bit more validation to his story. Okay. What you're saying is 100% true. Skip is, if you didn't know any better, and I think on, on my first watch, I don't even know if I picked up that he was a, a fed until oh, yeah. it started to get deeper in conversation. But he looks just like some a friend, a friend of theirs. Yeah, That's what he looks like. He do. <laughs> so that part makes sense. But I just don't understand why he. that's the only person he would have called to you know, take care of him, especially when he doped up like that. Like He could have been well, saying that's that. The, but that's the thing, though. Think about it. If you get high, people that have been high or drunk before or whatever, like if I got you in my presence and I can't account for what's going to come out of my mouth, mm -hmm. I'm under the influence. I might just reveal some stuff I wasn't supposed to say because Big P is getting it off right now. He's he came back. Like I said last episode, you didn't get whacked. Mm -hmm. You got the guys believe me with Tony being suspect, which is really the key person. But you got that off and you're back earning. So you. Less is more. I almost feel like if I brought them there, even if I wasn't high and didn't say anything, they may start checking out charts. They may start seeing insurance. Who is this covered by? Or, and, you know, I don't know it because the, the only thing that's going to work for Big P is the less less I, information I give, the better I can flow because then I have to continue to stack up that lie. So maybe that's that's, that's going into him being a wise guy. Maybe he's like, I'm better off doing this. But I, your point makes a lot of sense, too. It's like, yo, all I need is this one time to validate yeah. but paulie checked out his stuff and said hey his stuff checks out 
Nah, you make a great point. And it, he probably even told Skip, you know, wear a tracksuit. Like, I want you yeah. to look like we really tight. Yeah. Just in case anybody asks any questions, you don't look like a fed. He doesn't look like a fed aesthetic. No, anymore. not at all. So, he yeah, you make a good point. I, I, stand, I stand corrected. I think I like what you're going with. Okay. And I even like how he was talking, too. Like, I, I'm a big fan of, I know Spike is not so much of a fan, but I like, like, I, I watch sports and I go in, like, not just, I'm I'm rooting for the back and forth. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's more of what I'm here for. So here I like the skip coming in here, the Fed coming in here talking and like kind of manipulating the situation where he's like, man, didn't you tell me, you know, he did such and such. And man, he don't, you don't owe him nothing. Like in the way he's just playing and he's talking that talk, but on the Fed on the other side of the, which I think is just so dope because you see like, just like with black people, there's black people on the other side of the force and there's black people that are civilians that are or criminals or whatever. So you see kind of both sides and same here with the Italian on, on the, uh, the, the mob guy. And then the, you know, the Italian on the other side with the suit. So, uh, but what, what are some things you gathered from the cars, the car scene of this part of it? Well, for one, how deep in big P was, he'd been with them since 98. So oh, yeah. longer than yeah. longer than what I even suspected, mm-hmm. you know, we know the show came out in 99 and we're we're currently in 2000, but this has been a couple of years now. Yeah. So who knows what types of things. Another thing is the Jimmy Altieri comment that he made, you know, Jimmy mm-hmm. took the bullet so you can be in the clear. Some people look at that comment as Jimmy wasn't really a rat. I think we had enough evidence in season one to know that he was. Yeah. Um, but it also just astonished me how many people in one organization they have. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I'm just going to leave it there, but we already know about two, and it's just crazy how many, just in one org, mm-hmm. that they have all this kind of insight, and they're really trying to put a pin in them, yeah, for the yeah. most part. But there was a line that Skip had to P. Well, let me let me back up some. It's very clear that P looks at Tony like a brother. Yeah. And he has, you know, he asked him, Skip asked P, have you gone to see Tony yet? He says, no, I haven't seen it yet. We obviously know that's not true. Yeah. So he's trying to hold back information. He's trying to still figure out in his head, how can I mm-hmm. get myself from under this trap? Because mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time and I don't want to send anybody to jail. And I know how this is going to end yeah. if things go a certain way. But one interesting line Skip had was, you know, I've seen guys dragging their feet and playing both sides against the middle. We see a lot of that in this episode itself. <laughs> it's like that line ties yeah. into what this whole episode is about. You yeah. know, people playing both sides against the middle. You know, uh, Janice is doing it with Tony and Livia. Mm-hmm. Tony's doing it with the union and the protesters. Like, we mm-hmm. see all of that. I love how they just dropped that in there. That's fine. And then, yeah, I think that overall, that's it. But we just see that. And most importantly, it's the defining moment where, all right, I'm not crazy. Pete is actually telling him. He's working with the feds. Yes. We've never had that for sure. It's always yeah. been alluded to. We've always been 98% sure, but this closed the door and made it 100%. Yeah. yeah. You know, the craziest thing is they, I, I feel like they have to be so sensitive and we'll get more to it. Like when we get more scenes with him and, and this skip officer or whatnot, but like he is the best informant that you got. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like they're pulling out the stops when it comes to, I'm, we're going to give you this back surgery. We're going to hit you with this needle, get you, get your back right. And we're going to keep doing it because he's like, man, look, bro, like, all right, man, like you are really finessing us on this back surgery, bro. What's up? Like, we need something because he was and I thought that was just funny because it's like, all right, man, like you riding, the, you riding the feds, you know, what I mean, fees mm-hmm. on your back trying to you know, come on, man. Like, so uh, 
But the the line that he says, and we'll move on, is he says, man, he tries to use it, said, man, you're you're Tony's errand boy. Do you do you think Big P was that at this point? Because we get that scene in season one where he was like, Do you got a license plate? And he basically go finds out who stole AJ's teacher's car and he goes through it, which kind of made him look kind of like an errand boy in that moment. So yeah, because we we well, I don't think he's his errand boy, but there was the mention of you know you said it yourself that um, mm-hmm. you know he's been treating you bad for years now. Yeah, I think that if you have enough people in your ear saying a certain thing, you can maybe start believing it. Okay, you can, you can look at anything from any perspective depending on who's telling it to you. Mm. You know, Tony put more affirmation into P, then maybe he would look at it differently. But gotcha. he knew exactly. You know, these guys are their job is to manipulate. Okay. You know, so he knew exactly what button to push. And like you said, he has a long leash compared to probably a lot of other people because not only is he, you know, right up under Tony, but he's one of Tony's best friends. Like if they wanted to, they can get Tony on some shit from the 89 because yeah. he was probably there for it. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So he, yeah. he's he's like the crown jewel because you his best friend and you were part of it. And we got you on H. Like we got you yeah. on a real charge. Real charge, bro. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we go over to the scene. Uncle Junior meets with the judge. They they got him all the way. <laughs> they got him all the way dressed up. He got wires hanging out his nose. You know, he's all looking old, like old and crippled man. Like, you know, uh, which is funny because how he feels about, about doing things later down the road. But this is a thing I believe. Uh, I can't remember the name, but one of you know back in the day, the real mafia. There was one guy. Uh, actually, I think Giganti. Uh, that's actually in uh, Godfather of Harlem. Mm-hmm. show as well as but a real real mob boss that was you know he actually got off on like being mentally like insane you know and it worked you know so this is probably a nod to that in a way yeah uh, absolutely you know and i bet you people got this off especially the older mob guys you know um but yeah just this was a thing that they used to do like they would try to like come up with older mob guys i'd imagine try to come up with a finesse uh but it's even funny, like how insensitive the other attorneys was. It's like, man, he just got clogged arteries, man. That's all. <laughs> they know the game. They probably seen this. This goes. This is a tale as old as time on, on some Beauty and the Beast shit. Yeah, you know what I mean, they've seen this a million times, and they can't believe the judge is going for it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but but Junior, not you know he he Junior is like smart but not, but dumb. Like we see this all the time with which most mm-hmm. characters are, uh, with the exception of Tony, like. He says, you know, how do you feel about wearing like a, you know, monitor and stuff? He says, I think it's like Nazi, Nazi Germany to me, Germany to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he dude looked at him crazy. Was was he a Jew? Was we to assume? Yeah, that? yeah, him and the oh, attorney. Okay. Yeah, that's why. That's why his attorney said, like, let's not yours and our shared. Uh, you know I mean? that's why he had that comment yeah junior don't yeah he's i thought the judge i'm like i didn't know if the judge was an italian judge or a nah, or jewish nah, so i'm jewish. like when he said it he gave him that look and i was like oh he was jewish man this scene is hilarious this is a funny episode like this yeah. is from, this is a lucky one of their most funniest episodes but yeah that's junior just always putting his own foot in his mouth yeah uh and I do like, I think Junior is the perfect person to take the hit for the indictments because this play was put into place. So great, great person to take all those blows because it ended up working out in the favor of the mob. So that that was a, a good play. Um, Tony one, goes and... and oh, sorry, yeah. One important thing I just want to point out about that scene. We mm-hmm. found out that Junior is a, a World War II veteran. 
Just keep that in your mind. Oh, that, oh, that, that's that's actually true. Yeah, oh. yeah. I'm, I think that I think I'm pretty sure that is true. Um, okay, because I think there's other mention to it, but just keep that in your mind. I want to reference okay. that later. On. World War Two. Okay, gotcha. He's a World War Two veteran. Um, that's probably why some of them dudes, if they were in them in in there, they probably came out and the country didn't do nothing for them. That's how they probably end up getting into the mob. It's like, bro. Just like us, when you see us end up going to the streets and all that, you you serve this country, come back, and then it's be like, man, they ain't got no love for me to gain no love. Me, they go out there to the streets and yeah, man, dead presidents. Highlighted <laughs> that perfectly. Boy, come on. Uh, we 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 go over to uh, Tony goes to visit the the Reverend Junior, but Senior comes out, mm-hmm. and uh, Tony decides to go in there and have a conversation with him for a moment. Um. There's this moment Tony's looking at this picture and he's like, man, you know, you, you used to be a handsome guy. Still you know, am. I, I still am, bro. Like, <laughs> what were you talking about, dog? Like, yeah, that's a, smooth, that's a smooth old black man response. Hey, man, let me tell you something. Um, I don't the gentleman that plays his father right here, him. I love this actor. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something so comforting about his presence. In everything he plays, but especially here, you know, he just has that strong, deep voice, kind of like Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, he's talking about that Bible shit. Now, only Bible shit is when Pharaoh, you know, he goes into it, he stands on his beliefs, and then he takes it even further. And he was just, you know, uh, going on this about this story. You know, he he still got his original teeth and talking about him being a veteran. And, you know, Tony's trying to, what I like here is Tony's trying to figure out how to connect here. Um, Tony, the Italians in this world, uh, blacks in this world, they don't really talk and get along that much unless it's a financial gain situation. So I'm always very intrigued at when there is this type of connection. What did you think about this encounter with him and the Reverend? Because, again, it's another black sighting. Not me from earlier, but still, nonetheless, another black sighting here. Uh, what you get from this encounter? Yeah, absolutely, man. And that actor, yeah, that actor, man, him and Nino Brown got history, man. I'm going to leave it at that. Everybody <laughs> hasn't seen the movie, even though you should have. It came out in 91. Come on. Come on. Mainly about Tony is it shows just how much he respects history and he respects his mm-hmm. elders. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not his elders, but he longs for an OG. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that when you first, you know, when they come in and they have a conversation, Tony's comfortable with them. Maybe yeah. the most comfortable we saw him in throughout this whole episode. He felt like he was at home. He's drinking a Coke. Yeah. You know, for two people who have just met, there was some kind of familiarity there. Yeah. Even though Tony was there for business. And I think that's because Tony gravitates. You know, we've learned already about him. He loves history. He even mentioned the yeah. history panel in this in this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves learning. He wants that OG because he's never had it. He never had Johnny around mm-hmm. as an adult, as a grown man to really show him the ropes. He mm-hmm. wants Junior to be that person, but Junior's a slime ball and turn his back and put a hit <laughs> out on him. Yeah. Um, you know, Dickie Montesanti, he never had the chance to have that shared experience. So yeah. he sees, he looks around and he sees, the, you know, James Junior. He's like, okay, then this old dude's kind of cool, like, and he's kind of comfortable. So um, he knew, he also can see, going back to what I said about vision, he sees that he's not going for what me and your son got going on. Like, I know that right now. I can just tell within this five minutes of conversation. So mm-hmm. let me get up out of here. Yeah. Um, but we also learned that he's a World War II veteran as well. Mm-hmm. So once again, tying back to Uncle Junior, hmm. once we get to the end of the episode and the conversation that James Junior and Tony have, Tony mm-hmm. realizes, like, man, my, my love of this generation, I realize that maybe time's running out. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of similarities that he sees, like I said, between him and his uncle. This is who my this is who I wish my uncle was, and that these are kind of I wish I can go to Junior's house and have a coke and just kind of yeah talk to him about whatever. Yeah, that's what I picked up from the scene. It was very interesting, especially being a character we didn't know and a black character. Like I said, yeah. Tony is very very comfortable. Yeah, and he's normally and this ain't a business meeting. He was there for business, and I like and Tony's not really a small talk guy. He's not really there for small talk, so I like the effort that he was trying to do just to kind of pass by time waiting for your son to get here. But like you said, he has appreciation for history and I love where we go at the, when we get to the, uh, this later scene with him and, and junior, uh, James junior. Yeah, uh, man. He, he knew we could learn something. Think yeah. about it. Tony was asking a lot of questions. Like how were you? You were, so you were this age when they took you in. That's why he was, you know, able mm. to maneuver in that scene like that. So yeah. It was great yeah. Here at the time. He loves wisdom. Melfi will refer him to a book later. And then also, um, Tony doesn't really look at younger guys for, you know, kind of inspiration. He always looks behind. He never looks forward when it comes to information. Unless they, unless they maybe they got a racket, but I don't really, other than that, he don't really look to them that way. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, man, great scene. I like to see him here. With It, it just, to me, it, there's something, and maybe you can help me out when we get to the end scene, but I just want to see what it is with Tony. He he goes back and forth when it comes to um, other ethnicities, but specifically black, about where he wants to not like and kind of be racist, and then mm -hmm. where he just kind of be like, oh, okay, I'm all right with this. Yeah. You know, where I guess where it affects him and then where it doesn't bother him at all. So we'll get more about it, about that when we go a little further down. You can maybe help me with that because there's some stuff you. later down the road and um we go over to tony's over here in the doctor's office this weird thing happens tony gets scared by uncle junior opening the door he kind of jumps back but then he did the same thing the scene before with the reverend senior when he opens the door he jumps so you know what that might be a subtle thing about him having some ptsd maybe from the hit maybe just I think it's that, and I think once, like I say, if if you really wanted to break it down, there are so many themes of vision in this episode, mm -hmm. and I think those scenes realize th those are two moments where Tony doesn't know what to expect. You know, he's not expecting James Senior to come, so it startles him a little bit. Okay, you know, this doctor's office, he doesn't know what's going on. He he's confused as to why they're even meeting there to begin with. So I think it might just be a little character trait of that. But okay. it also could be PTSD. I mean, like the man just got in broad daylight on a busy yeah. street. Like, you know what I mean? Just yeah. so I can definitely understand that too. Like you know how loud them screen say. doors is. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On the first watch, I'm startled when uh <laughs> when the old OG James comes down. I'm like, damn, where you come from? Bro, because he was upstairs looking for him and then you know the you know. Okay, I think I like I like your idea of it. I think you know, especially maybe more so here, because in the outside it makes a little more sense. But right here, it's like like you said, it's like not knowing what to expect. Um, but nonetheless, they come in here and basically Junior's out. They they let him out. It was approved by the judge with uh, stipulations, and here we are. We have them two in here having a conversation. Uncle Junior, Tony, they're having their first real meeting with Tony, uh, Junior having some form of freedom what did you gather in this this small meeting that they had with one another uh well it's the first real time to really be face to face since mm -hmm. everything's transpired 
Tony's already made it clear that I'm taking things over, and he gets to kind of feel Junior out. Like, don't let me know. Don't let me feel like this is going to be a problem. And Junior's kind of sitting there. Tony tells him, "Don't pout. You lucky you earn it." Hey, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. I also think that it was genius, and we'll see this throughout the seasons. Him being able to use that doctor's office, mm-hmm. you know, um, Doctor Shrek, the son of a bookie. <laughs> <laughs> he's able to make that play and have these meetings because they can't bug it. Um, that's a big thing later on. Boy. I'm just foreshadowing. And the Masseron deal is in place, so obviously they're talking business. Mm-hmm. And Junior makes up bringing peace with Livia. He brings it back up, making peace with Livia. Um, Junior, he tells Junior, let it go. He gets pretty upset about it. And he finally played his hand and let him know, like, I heard you and Livia on the tapes. Yeah, you know. And Junior defends her and says, you know, she didn't know and you know, you think I'm an idiot. You you know, your uncle's smarter than what he looks like. But uh-huh. that goes back to what we were mentioning earlier in this episode. I think at that very first scene. Yeah. He heard those tapes and he knows that Livia was putting out that hit on him. He knows that he, yeah. she was scaring him. He knows that Junior got played no matter what he says. Yeah. Like, he plays you into putting out a hit on me. Tying into what he was talking about as far as, man, I shouldn't have made fun about him getting, giving head. Yeah. He knows that that was a business decision. Mm-hmm. No matter how much it hurt him personally, Junior had a business decision to take him out. Yeah. Livia had no reason mm-hmm. to kill her child. <laughs> and I think that's why she's more dead to him and he can still stomach Uncle Junior. Because at the end yeah. of the day, they speak the same language. Okay. He understands how no matter how petty and no matter how much I thought that you would never make that kind of move against me. Mm-hmm. And I'm disappointed that you let my mom kind of coax you into that. Yeah. I at least can understand that there was merit there. Okay. He acknowledged it. I think we don't, it, it helps that they acknowledge that in season one. Yeah, it does. It you does. Know? And I, like I said, I think that's the tie as to why he's not as angry at junior or how he can still conduct. He hates Libya. Yeah. It's 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 a whole t- totally different grounds. I like that he, he like you, Junior says that she was basically she was out of it, bro. She was out of pocket. She didn't understand what she was saying. Oh, okay, she don't. You let her play you like a freaking kid. Mm-hmm. Like I like the fact that it's like oh, so she wasn't. Then what does that make you look like? You really are joke jerk off because now you know. you're saying she didn't know. Oh, so she didn't know that. How do you let her? I made that call on my own. No, you didn't. You had a battery in your back, and you think I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not Mikey Palmisi, bro. Like you know what I mean? Like you try to think I'm 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 not stupid, bro. I I love how Tony came at him on that, and you know, love that they they're able to still conduct business, and he yearns for that OG thing. And I think once the the later events that happen at the end of the episode, I think the yearn becomes stronger. Where it's like, okay, this is what it is. This is my family. This is what it's got to be. But uh, right here, you know, he's still doing business. He needs this. But I do like lastly on this scene. Uh, Uncle Junior reveals the source of the rumor going around came from the owner of Green Grove. Mm-hmm. So that hairpiece motherfucker. Man, I love that. Man, I love that. Junior was so mad that spit on the ground like that. He was, and, he, and then he got the nerve to say that me and her when we were. So I'm like, oh, okay. So Junior really wasn't looking at it like because I was back and forth about maybe he's lying. I don't know. These characters majority of the time are lying, but he's like. How could he even think that me and her had something going on? He's old school, so maybe it wasn't nothing going on. Um, but 
it almost makes me feel like it wasn't a waste of time, but the, the Philly kill. I'm like, dang, I ain't killed Philly for nothing. He was running his mouth, but he ain't even the source. You know, but you know, it's it's fair game, I guess. You know, that could have been Tony. So you he was know. still saying something, still had to yeah, go. Gotta go. Uh we we pan over to the family, a family dinner. Uh this episode is gonna go up. We really doing a deep dive. This feel like the pilot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh we, we pan over to the family dinner. Janice, uh, Meadow, AJ, uh, Carmella, Tony, they're eating, having a conversation. And I love you. If y'all are listeners, y'all know I love like kind of these mundane things, these family things. It's an element that we don't see as much these days. And so I love the idea. There ain't no cell phone. We ain't, we're, there ain't no TV on. We're mm-hmm. sitting here and because now it's like we don't really sit down and have dinner because I know what your day was like. We've been texting. <laughs> You know, right, like right. here it's like I have no idea what your day was like. Yo, spill the beans. What happened? Yeah. So I like and miss this aspect of sitting down. They got a glass of wine. They eating some salad, some mac and cheese. You know, the kids they they're getting into it. I'm loving this element. And there's a lot of things that are that are happening here. And they're all these scenes they use really well for uh, gems. There's something probably. There's probably a. I imagine probably some real or some YouTube compilation of what the dinner scene symbolized. I'd imagine because it's always they drop a lot of gems in the dinner scenes. That's mm-hmm. where we got the the Uncle Junior head giving head jokes started. You know what I'm saying? Which all led to this right here, Carmela making jokes, and then from that point on. So it's it's really a significant thing. But yeah. what are what are what are pieces you gathered uh, from this? It was just a play for Janice. This this scene was set up to show Janice's. Mm-hmm. True intent. She brings up the house again. She keeps yeah. disregarding Tony's request not to bring up their mother. Um, <laughs> she, she pays no mind to that. And she yeah. just keeps getting closer to the house. I also thought it was funny. Janice saying that uh, Libby is a complete narcissist and it's about mm-hmm. me, me, me. Um, and she's really just describing herself that whole time. That's exactly what Janice is doing. Um, she's yeah. making everything about her. When she pushes those buttons, she's a big baby. Once again, mm-hmm. talking about herself to a degree, even though she's talking about Olivia. Yeah, so that was funny. And then just Tony being annoyed. Like Tony, once again, his annoyance in this episode just kept showing to me he is not in therapy at the moment. So how is he going to react? How is he going to respond? Yeah. yeah. This is. Uh, well, let me ask this. Are you fan with or without uh, with with or without therapy? Soprano with fan therapy, 100 percent. This show okay. is true. Yeah, True this show is our whole. This is that. Yeah, that takes us to a whole another level. This is a good episode, but yeah, this show needs the therapy, and it's weird in this first in this season two when you have it those is. episodes without the therapy. Yeah, um, because they, they could have left it off here. They yeah. never had to come back if they didn't want to. Absolutely, and they reveal so much about Tony. They give you a better insight to him and what he's got going on and how the pieces fit together. So I'm I'm all, I'm 100 team therapy. Okay, this actually and it gives you the idea of this was what. This is what life was like for Carmella probably for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, really high strung and it's getting worse because he's boss. Yep. So the therapy is like, Tony, I cannot do this, which we see the last episode. Go out there. Go have some pleasure. Like, go go somewhere, bro. So, man, it really it does provide insight. So, yeah, definitely. I, I'm team therapy. Like, without the therapy, the show still will be legendary, but it's not the same kind of show. I don't think you have the same uh, simple uh, sympathizing and you definitely don't have the same uh, comp- complexity of 
a, a, a mob boss. Like we see movies now where they had they do these psycho killers or these, you know, shows like you or whatever. And you get the insight so they can pull at your heartstrings on. Like it ain't just a they're not just a regular character. They got issues. They had this. Well, without shows like this, you don't get that, you know, where you can pull off the antihero and make you care. So right, I, I definitely think the therapy. But uh, Tony says says something makes this joke about meat or something. What <laughs> Janice? And then so he's like, well, let me see. I gotta have this. Uh, I gotta have this quote because AJ chimes in. Um, he's like, oh, I get. Uh, no, he said no. It wasn't this. This is the next thing. Sorry. AJ says he just said something about a prick at the table, and she's like, see now, look what you got him doing. You know, but uh, I, I think it's the next thing. We get a small scene mm -hmm. of the police find a car next by the river, and mm -hmm. all we find is a hairpiece. <laughs> Brilliant. 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 Cool. We don't need to see the hit. We don't need to see the whack. You know, nah, no, like nah, not for a character like that. Mm -hmm. We don't even know who this dude is. We don't, know we don't even know. Capuano is. We never seen him before. We just know he had to go. And the brilliant writing of the hairpiece. Mm -hmm. That's how we know it was him. And they obviously panned a green grove before that. I thought that it was great. Kind of that was great. Uh, Surprise! They ain't try to get a finesse off that car, but I guess it makes it simple. You know. Yeah. Uh, they go over. To be known. Sometimes you wanted to be known that. Kind of like what uh what Big P told Chris. They know, but they don't know. Ah, <laughs> stop running your mouth. Everybody knows you were the one running your mouth about the Sopranos. Now you're missing. Yeah, hmm, what happened to him? <laughs> Buried over the hill with pine cones and exactly. Uh, um, we go over to Auntie of the Year over here. Uh, Janice and Meadow are driving, and it looks like they're both high. I mean, definitely Janice is smoking, but it looked it look like Meadows high. Would you agree that she probably hit that blunt a few times? Uh, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me because Meadows, we see, I think, in the very next episode, um, Meadow is Meadows partying. You know, she's at that age now. So yeah. it won't surprise me. And Janice is the type of aunt that will let that slide. Let me ask mm -hmm. you something. Mm -hmm. Are you surprised by kind of the rapport that Janice and Meadow have? Because Janice seems like she's been been going for forever. Mm -hmm. um, I think 20 years is what we're told. Meadow is only 16. Yeah. I don't know how often Janice would come back home and visit, but it seemed like they were very tight for somebody who's not actually around in her life. You know, you know what I think works? Meadow has kind of she's not like Janice as far as like really eclectic, I guess, or like a hipstery type. But she is like Janice in. um where Olivia says that you couldn't stand it here, you can't stand yourself. I think like yeah. Meadows pushing so hard to not be dad, are you in the mafia? Or you know, this or that, try to push and we'll see that theme until she finally, you know, switches over. But like she wants to do something else. Even her dating, she's dating outside of Italian. She's mm -hmm. she wants to do things differently. And I think Janice is probably a real comfort zone. It's like, man, you escaped the family for 20 years. Like I am, I so when I'm talking about the family, almost in third person, like I'm not involved. Yeah, you know how it is. You like, oh, you get it too. So I, I feel like there's where the comfort comes. She's at the age of uh, understanding things now, where she could talk to adults some and at least get some of the gist. And you know, I think Janice just she's a cool aunt anyway because well, we'll get some reveal later. But she never really handled her responsibility, so she may have not necessarily looked at herself <laughs> at like like. I'm aunt so much more so than I may be like a big sister, whatever, right. or yeah. whatever I need to be for the role, kind of. 
Nah, I love that. I love that tile you just had with Meadow. That's a great pool because we even see that going to her college choice. Remember, there was a college she wanted to go mm. pretty much all the way on the other side of the country. I think it was Cal. Yeah. She was interested in. So, yeah, that's a great pool. She does want to kind of live that life and escape that Sopranos world. Um, and also the big thing about this scene is that Janice is once again building up her play. Mm-hmm. She's asking Meadow, you know, you know, grandma very well. She's trying to find a way in. How can I get closer with Libya, especially after their first interaction? And we find out that uh, Meadow gives her some information about what type of music she likes and what mm-hmm. you know she might be into. I do love the line when she when Janice asks Meadow, like, what is she into? <laughs> I don't know. Negativity. Negativity. <laughs> <laughs> That's her thing. That's what she's into. <laughs> I love that line because Meadow said it. So matter of fact, like, what you talking about? Yeah. A woman that hates everything. Yeah, that's that's her thing. I hate. I love to hate. Like, and, and so, but I, 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 this still, this was heartwarming to me. I don't know. I, I fa- every family is different. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I, I don't agree necessarily with with it all the way, but this is their family. And we got insight into this moment of aunt and niece. And I, I thought it was kind of heartwarming. Yeah, I like was, stuff like this. Like, yeah, it was. They, and Meadow, and Meadow doesn't get that with Carmelo. Mm, it was cool that is see, true. It's cool to see that from, you know, Meadow has some kind of avenue to, yeah, comfortable, you know, with an adult and her yeah. family. You're right. You're right. Because I mean, I, I like the AJ and Tony changing the tire last season. I like that. So I like I like those moments, like just taking the time out. That's what if this show doesn't have the family aspect, then it's not the Sopranos. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it has to have that. That's what separates it, and that's what makes it so important. Yeah. With if it's too much of, I mean, if it's only one or the other, the show is not the. It's not legendary. Exactly. I don't think we're not having a legendary talk about this show if it doesn't have both sides of that. Like yeah, I imagine it's not your favorite show. It's not my second favorite. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not what this podcast doesn't exist. Yeah. Hold it, on. It, it'll be a great show that we'll talk about. And maybe some people that are deep fans will talk about, but you know, it's, it's, it's like the wire where they switch the dynamics of the effects of different pieces of this one foundation of drugs, you know, mm-hmm. That's probably for people that are like you that are huge fans. It it speaks to without this, it it's you know it wouldn't be these type of things or or whatever that that kind of golden ticket that flows within that show or any any legendary show that we talk about. So yeah. I love this man, um, Bobby and Junior. Uh, <laughs> look, it, this place almost looks like Green Grove, but is this this is uh Junior's new living arrangement? Is that nah? This is the um once again. We get a vision. We, the vision is the theme of this episode. This okay. is the op- th- uh, ophthalmologist at office. Ophthalm- in oh, eye. remember my man's at the cataracts. You get the black dude with the dark glasses. Yep, yep. Everybody's getting their eyes checked. Talking about getting his gla- changing his glasses. Yep, 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 yep. Which I'm glad he did it because that's a junior staple. His glasses. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I love those. those that was uh, uh, but we see here that they didn't. They didn't go way back like like some of us tend to think, like I was speaking about earlier, like Bobby and and you can see like their chemistry, like they don't go way back. Like we you right. you would think that watching it over and over because of the flow and the timeline of how you kind of remember everything, but when you watch it piece by piece like this, they didn't they don't go way back like that. We we spoke about it earlier about it being an inheritance. So you kind of get the gist of this is where it's starting to happen. A gentleman comes over, sits down, you know. <laughs> They're looking around trying to see if anybody's paying attention. And, you know, they go ahead and collect. I guess it's maybe this is his 5% from, you know, all of his rackets that Tony spoke about earlier in a, a doctor's office. Is there some stuff that stands out to you? I definitely got a moment in here that's hilarious, obviously. But. Yeah, this is the funniest scene of the episode to me. 
<laughs> it was the funniest scene. Like you said, the relationship between Bobby and Junior, you're really just starting to see the start of that. Um, Junior making small talk. You, you know, you, you see me on TV. You were on TV? What channel or what show? Yeah. Like, he doesn't even know what's going on. He's still looking at his magazine. He tells him, like, night <laughs> TV. Like I said, Junior, Bobby's not a natural ass kisser. Like, you know, yeah. if, if that was Mikey and Junior asked how he looked, he'd say, you look great, Skip. He looks great, Skip. Yeah, oh, you look yeah. great on there. Oh, yeah. He would eat like, like, you know, you look like Bobby's like, you, you look like you. Like, what you want me to tell you? I don't know. <laughs> he was on TV. <laughs> so I love that whole conversation. Oh. I love Junior trying to tell the joke. Oh, and Bobby's like just kind of looking at him, like you don't get it. I get it. He drives a Lincoln, like so. Like, he, st- he still didn't get it though. That's the crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because he's not. It just shows the disregard that oh, Bobby has for Junior. You know that that's hilarious to me. And just the handoff is funny because mm. you're in a you in an office where you people can't see or you yeah. don't know if they can see, and <sighs> you make wow. this subtle handoff like you leave it right there. You know, because we don't know if that dude in the black glasses can actually see what's going on. I was yeah. like, you can't pan it back to him. Yeah. So he leaves right there, and Bobby just in the most unsubtle way puts this big magazine in his jacket. <laughs> like it was just comedy all the way around. He wasn't familiar with this at all. Like you know, and the guy put the magazine that. That's funny. I mean, and even then, it's like it was a black dude with those glasses. So rather he, he and he did see it actually. Well, he was looking in that direction, and he looked quickly. I just seen it. So, but. Yeah. That's a consistent thing because of we see when Mikey drops the gentleman, the drug dealer, off the bridge. There was black dudes, and they say, "Ah, man, it's a sash, man." Bro, say you want to live no more. Like that's a consistent thing that like black people ain't gonna say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, black- ain't, ain't nobody in that office gonna say that, man. Nah, Them old nah. people got other issues. They there for their eyesight, and yeah. like I said, I think that's a little the subtle part of the comedy. Like their eyesight, their eyesight is bad to begin with. <laughs> like so okay, yeah. even if they were to say something who gonna believe them you can't see shit you got cataracts Facts. <laughs> you know how many uh, people you see walking around them big black glasses like come on man bro you about to you look like Magoo out here bro you got the crazy looks on the easy ease is crazy right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> for real yeah I got cataract yeah man <laughs> they, got, they got Lincoln uh <laughs> 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 we can go over to uh Livia and Janice at the hospital uh man I like this moment. I get it's a finesse. I get Janice got ulterior motives, but there's a sweet moment here where she talks about like she's listening to the music and we don't see Livia smile that much. You know, uh, we get this and Livia's kind of in awe. She wakes up. She's got the flowers. She's playing this beautiful Italian music, this music that her, that, that she loved. And then she said, my, my children, you know, so everything is coming back to her. So this is triggered something in Livia's memory that brought her back and immediately then Janice just laying the ice and on yeah you remember when we used to watch this with Ed Sullivan we used to watch it me you and dad watch Ed Sullivan so she's laying the whole like beautiful memory out and I just sure it was it was ingenuous but it still took effort like we can't take that yeah she's finessing on like the emotional pool but it's still it still was like I'm still making some effort, you know. I don't know. I liked it, even if it was ulterior. I, hey, I, I feel you, and I respect what you're saying. But Janice knew what she was doing, and I think it's because of the little subtle things that they put in this scene. Okay, and if you notice in this scene, uh, we just leave the scene with the uh, ophthalmologist's office. We talking about cataracts. 
Mm-hmm. The first thing we see in this scene is blurry eyes. Yeah. You know, eyes opening. That's a big sign of cataracts. Mm-hmm. Olivia opened her eyes and she's kind of like an avatar for us. Like we see Janice for the first time because that's Janice in her mold and she's got it turned up all the way. Mm-hmm. Like she makes Olivia think like, you know what? I've been the worst daughter ever. Like I'm here for you. They have the, the moment where they share hands. Mm-hmm. If you look at Janice's fingers, she got a scorpion's uh, uh, <laughs> ring on. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, a lot of people didn't know the thing with, with scorpions and mm-hmm. that theme. So it was just funny to see her pull that. Like I, I feel the heartfelt on it. I think it was a little bit of sincerity, at least for Olivia. Yeah, just just um, a little bit. Yeah. But it just goes to show how to what extreme and how good Janice really is. Yeah. Like, Finesse and everything. Like, yeah. That's what yeah. I got from this scene. But she kissed the hand though. Look, that was almost like the passing of the torch too. Like you see, yeah, she yeah, kissed her man. hand, like like some real Godfather, you know, Godmother type of moment right here. You know what I mean? It's like hundred percent. She is trying to get on Olivia's good side and make sure that when I had this big, when I revealed this big plan, that you were no questions about it. You in tune with it. Mm. Uh, we we get a quick. It's a quick scene. Janice is driving. She's rocking out, feeling good. Like yo, I got. I I just made a step. I'm. She's building her step. She's a one man army right now, making the finesse. Uh-huh. So she's happy. But I thought it was interesting that we talk about generational things here that we'll get later. Her music is totally different than what Livia. I mean, Livia listens to. So yeah, I just you, thought you, that you, was you, just. You peeped the song that she was listening to. I can't. Uh, I can't for the life of me. Uh, it's, I don't know. Paul, I never heard this song before. The Remember Paul, a Saturday. The artist is Paul. The artist is Paul Simon. What's most important is the, the title of the song. It's called "Mother and Child Reunion." Oh, okay, so she sings really... the lyrics in there. So right after that scene, "Mother and Child Reunion," and this is a little fun fact: she's smoking the weed in the car. If you look at her wristwatch, the time is four twenty. How do you? What kind of watcher are you? <laughs> Yeah, God, bro. You, are, my, you know from listening to our pod, this that's my bag, man. Just yo, going all the way in. Wild. Yeah, God. I watched it at the 420. Both the hands are on the four. If you watch that while she's smoking up her joint, it's on her right wrist. I'm looking at it now. That's why I'm like, bro. Yeah. Wow, you different. <laughs> you different. <laughs> you, you are different, bro. You need your wire podcast. You need, you need, you need like one more of them joints, like right now, because you you crazy with it. Hey man, yeah, I'm, I'm upset. Man. It's, it's, a, it's a sickness. I love it. Um, and it's also funny she's smoking weed 420 in the car's green, and then all yeah. you see is green, you know, bushes and stuff in the outside. So you know, yeah, uh, green, green around the air. Just real quick, that's what makes Sopranos another classic as well. They take those little ancillary scenes that mean nothing mm-hmm. and give you so much in them, and they yeah. don't really, they don't care to explain themselves. Either you get it or yeah. you don't, and if you get it. It makes the show that much more enjoyable, but oh yeah, everything matters. Like one thing about the wire, all the pieces matter. Everything about Sopranos matters. Like mm-hmm. a little throwaway scenes really ain't throwaway scenes. That's a fact, and and I love and I enjoy it. and and they they leave it for you to you can get you can gather or you don't have to gather whatever. Like it's mm-hmm. it's whatever you want it to be. Like that's the way they leave it. Like you say uh, this is what happened at the end, or if you say this what happened at the end, like it don't matter. Like it's it's. That's the beauty of it. But uh, we go over here. Tony meets Bobby uh, after, you know, getting, you know, that getting that that check or whatever from Masseron. Um <laughs> Just some hilarious stuff. I've made some memes for this, too. But like, just get off my car for you. Flip it over like, bro. <laughs> Rufus, man. Even before that, I think you should really consider salad. 
It's, like, the, it's, it's the funniest thing about this scene is not even the, the dialogue. It's the look on Tony's face <laughs> when when Bobby is getting out the car, man. And he's just struggling. He just got this big body throwing it around, and Tony just got this look like you fat motherfucker. Like, <laughs> like I can't believe I like somebody me Tony Soprano has to yeah. meet with the likes of you. Yeah, that sounds yeah. You're right because he's so disgusting. Eyes squinting, like everything about him. And you know, just like hey, that's a look. Consider that some exercise after at the end of the meeting. You know, <laughs> he threw that one too. Pro, like that's again. That's why I said foreshadowing. Big P talking about y'all abuse that joking shit. Like y'all, y'all be, y'all, y'all really like know how to take a man out of it. We'll see later on that that though abusing that joking stuff really affects Christopher. Yeah, you know, absolutely. we ain't there, but it really affects Christopher a lot. He, I, I can speak to my own upbringing, like when I wasn't, when I was more of a sensitive dude, not knowing how to, you know, get back with people. Like it, <laughs> that, that is a real thing. So it's hilarious now, like you know, looking yeah. at it, man. Uh, even when you do know how to give it back, sometimes you not. You can be the biggest joker in the world. Sometimes you ain't in the mood for that. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you just ain't in the mood. And, and you know, Bobby says what he says when Tony drives <laughs> off. And it's ironic because as you keep watching the show, yeah, you know, Tony gets substantially larger. Yeah. <laughs> Where Bobby kind of seems like he fit he wears his weight a little bit better the yeah. more you see in season two. So it's funny. That is funny. Like yeah, I think it was a good decision to go with that fat suit as well. Like, you know. Yeah. Um I think it's time you seriously start considering salads is just a hilarious line. Oh yeah, I, I just I want to use that line. I just don't know who and where. Also, going into the... I don't know if you had anything else to say about this scene. I also love the fact that the very next shot we get in the scene at the dinner is them putting a salad down on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is so tight, man. Yeah. Like you said, I like the vision thing. When, as soon as you said it, I was wondering, sitting there thinking, like, why is it so blurry with the flowers? And then, like you said, the cataract, and then coming over here to go into the salad. Like That's simple stuff that you don't even have to Ah man, come on, like yeah. goats, man. Uh, but we over we go to another family dinner. I think this might be this is where the joke was that I thought was funny. Um, it's another family dinner. Janice is running late, but nonetheless, she still makes it. And you know, Tony's really upset about it. He's old school in this way when it comes to dinner. It's like if you're gonna be late, you need to call and let us know. I didn't know this was like a real thing. You know, maybe it was in some households. I never. But again, I don't know if we had family. We took it that serious. Like, yo, make sure you call if you're not going to make it or whatever. But I just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, man. It was, it was a respect thing. Like you said earlier, mm. dinner was the time for them to connect on their day. This is the one block of time, no matter what, that we get a chance to kind of sit down, talk, figure mm-hmm. out what's going on in each other's lives. And you knowing that there's a certain time for it and a certain regimen to it, you're disrespecting it. Yeah. And I think that's all it was about. Okay. Um, um yeah, you said you had a joke, my bad. The joke No, just uh we can go into it. It's like right at the end of the scene, but go ahead. What, what was you about to say about the scene? I was just I was just laughing at like a, it goes into what Janice building her character. I said this is a Janice episode, her disregarding Tony. Like if that was Chris, you know, when she says the line like don't send me to bed hungry, daddy, <laughs> like your metal starts <laughs> laughing. If yeah. somebody said that at Satrials or about a bing and made it like a wise crack, Tony would have had him by the chin. Oh, you know man. what I mean? Like, don't yeah. disregard me. And Janice can do that, and he kind of just he's pissed off, but it is what it is. <clears throat> but the one thing I will just point out about the scene, Metal gets her license, and she mm-hmm. makes a comment 
about uh-huh. how she had a parallel park behind a van. Yeah. Just, if you know anything about the show, parallel parking. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I even think about uh, McKazian, season one McKazian's uh, interest at the time when it got shut down for a moment. And Tony had that conversation with her after McKazian committed suicide. She, she was like, you know, what is it like therapy? She was like, yeah, I guess you could say that. And then she, mm-hmm. and he was like, instead of a couch that's in a bed, she was like, I mean, who wouldn't want to sleep with your therapist? And then he kind of switched up, mm-hmm. like, what you mean by that? It's how right. fast he switches. So you're absolutely right with Janice because it's my sister's the only reason. Like, I'm letting you get this off because yeah. what, he was ready to flip his lid over her. Like, what you mean by that? Yeah, like, and, you and know. he knew he was guilty. Like, you know, uh-huh. you always look stuff guilty. Nobody else knows what's going on, but when you know you're guilty of it, you take yeah. extra offense. Like, do you know? He don't like people reminiscing over him. We'll find right. that out later too. But the lastly, the joke was just like, oh, uh, oh, I forgot you don't eat pork <laughs> in, in that way. <laughs> right. And, and then AJ says, Oh, I get it. Then he said she's a vegetarian. What do you think? What do you think he was trying to insinuate? Oh, you know what he was trying to insinuate. Oh, it's, it's like her promiscuality, her hoish ways. Like, is yeah, that- exactly. The same thing he insinuated in um the episode I mentioned earlier where Bobby uh, had the line. This yeah. is all white you talking about. He insinuated the same exact thing. <laughs> why is that, that, is, why is that his kill point, bro? Why does that got to be the kill point? Like, yeah, man. Like, because there's nothing like you a hoe. Like, you a hoe and you do it. Like, <laughs> just call your sister that. That's just his, that's his way of just giving her shit. Right, I don't mean he, he dogs Janice. He told Richie, uh, "We haven't met Richie yet, but yeah, it's better look a man in the can than my sister." <laughs> like man, dog and Janice, dog. That was crazy. <laughs> God, there's, he said, "There's men better looking than my sister in the dog. can." Dog, shit's wild. <laughs> man, he yeah. I guess that's where he go because I mean, she you know last episode talk about she still treats me like I'm still some chubby fat kid. So she does. This is the middle child trying to defend himself, but you know, then he flows it back. She's vegetarian, which was, I mean, come on, this is a pretty good bar right here where you can get get it off, Mm -hmm. and then really come back like, no, I'm just talking about this because the kids around. That's crazy, like that. that, That's level a level joke. Um, we get Tony and Janice at the pool. Man, this was a beautiful shot scene. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you're you're really detailed when it comes to all that, like you just picked up before. So the way that the the pool is so blue, the only other time we see, I, I re, as I can recall, the pool looking this great and this blue was uh, Marco Polo. Um, yeah. You know, with, with the calm and the Tony scene later down the road, but like it looks something about when they shoot this. I wish they went there a little more often with these shots because mm-hmm. it, it, the Soprano household. Oh, well, and then there's the. Well, the later scene where Artie and Tony's outside, but I don't think we see the pool in that scene. But anyway, uh, I just love how this is shot. And what did you take from like this conversation? I like it's a beautiful moment reminiscing over some things for a second and even her talking about him asking about her Seattle uh, experience and stuff like that. But there's a couple of things that I really liked about it. But before I get there, what was some, what was the strongest takeaways for you in this this pool conversation between Janice and, and Tony? Um, a lot of it was just reiterating what was been building up this whole episode. You know, Janice is continuing to wear Tony down with this Livia conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony's, we see that he's kind of actually talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. he's not shutting down the conversation about Livia the same way he does with Uncle Junior, where he tells him immediately, like, I'm done with it enough. 
he kind of opens up a little bit because it's it's more. I still think he doesn't he can't stand her. Obviously, he hates mm -hmm. Olivia at the moment, but um, he knows nothing's wrong with her either. And that that goes to <laughs> a question you asked me earlier. Like, do you, oh. what do you think he is doing? Like, he says, how are you gonna you know how are you gonna have some kind of therapy on something that's nothing? How are they gonna have a good advances or whatever it was when mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with her to begin with? Mm -hmm. so he knows it's all just a game. The reverence that Tony has when Janice mentions the house and she said mm -hmm. daddy bought that house yeah he kind of gives that look and he kind of eases up some because yeah he did oh, yeah that og like you know what mm -hmm. that is my dad's house i Respect. need to stop looking at it like like livia's and then tony tells janice to take her back to green grove knowing that she don't <laughs> got the money for green grove so it's kind of way of reminding her like yeah i'm i'm a little bro but i control this whole situation mm -hmm. he got it off he gets a out of that and just a, a slight, uh, a little subtle power move afterwards, where he 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 comes and he smokes his cigar, and mm -hmm. she pulls out a cigarette. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm still better than you, like yep. that. That to me, the cigar versus cigarette is just like a symbolism for Tony that always you know works. Last time we smoked together, it was a cigarette. Now we're smoking together, and we're outside again by the pool. I got my cigar. I'm bossing up on you, yeah. like you know. So it, but. I do. I like this conversation nonetheless because he's still managing, even though he don't. He's not. He's not having therapy. He's still kind of managing it. But boy, it looks like he's having a hard time. Like from a subtle way of watching him, it looks like he's having a really hard time, like enjoying things. I imagine we didn't. I don't think we got Gumar action this episode. But I imagine even with the Gumar, can't really. He ain't really getting it off like that. Where it's like, man, this ain't even fun. This ain't even pleasing. Being with the boys, like. You know, I didn't realize now that you said it that we didn't get a lot of uh, the boys in this no, episode. Not a lot of them at all. It's, it's just, I think the biggest thing for Tony this episode is all the problems that he has are real stupid. They're mm -hmm. real dumb problems, but problems nonetheless. And he's reached a point where his stature, he shouldn't even have to be dealing with this shit. I shouldn't even have to be talking to you about this house. Like, I'm tired <laughs> of it. We see him hit his breaking point where he's like, you know what? Fuck it. You got it. Yeah. But I think that's just one of those, you know, um, references of these annoying little small things that I shouldn't have to be dealing with. And I can't find any peace even yeah. in my own home. But mm -hmm. it also shows their 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 sibling bond. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that they can have a conversation like that and seem civil. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? They grew up under the same household, you know, and I don't, I don't think I'd only imagine there may be a year apart, no more than two. Um, yeah. So it's like we we had and I almost really I, Barb her experience was different because she was when Tony in a flashback he looks like he was about maybe let's just say eight at the youngest maybe I got a I got a a seven year old about to be eight so I probably say around that age like I'm looking at my daughter I probably say around that age so put him between eight and ten. Yeah, and even then I'm low key, and that's on the low end. I'm he could yeah. be, you know, he's riding a bus on his own, so you know, public bus. You yeah. Know, so um, yeah, I say 10. So then that makes Barb much younger than both of them. So we're looking at maybe a 10 and 12 year difference. So yeah, she doesn't have it. Huh? There's a huge age gap, and that's why Barb is a minor character when it comes to the Soprano children. Yeah. You know I mean? and, she, like you said, she lives a, they all live, they all were raised in the same house, but they got different versions of yeah. Olivia, everything. Like, yeah. so it's a different thing. Um, we go over to the construction site, you know, Tony, Big P, they in the car. 
you know, this is some simple stuff with Big P. He ain't about to get himself in trouble here. Uh, and he probably not going to get no real information here. But, you know, he just Tony's using him to vent, get his stuff off. You know, he needs somebody to talk to at this moment. They're just kind of watching how the scene's about to happen about this little riot situation that's going on. Uh, you know, Tony says to Big P, don't worry, you've paid your dues. What did you what did you take from that line? Was that real or was that Tony kind of still having that? Because we'll see Tony floats in and out of moments with him. Yeah, I think it was genuine. I think he wants Pete to know that he looks at him as a contemporary, you know, and not like not like he's not trying to little man. Like, an like I understood we came up together, even though I have a different title. Mm-hmm. Like you put in your work. Um, especially when you look at what it's coming directly off of. We just had a moment where we talked about how when you're guilty of something, mm-hmm. everything that somebody says, you look at it a little bit deeper because you know you're guilty, whether mm-hmm. they know it or not. Yeah. Tony yeah. said, you know, you can't get anyone good anymore. They're either on drugs, caught up with the law, or young and don't listen to orders. And that's mm-hmm. his circle. He's got people, everybody he just described is in his circle. You know, he's got the Chippendale, they're young and don't listen to orders. They kind of <laughs> mess everything up. Yeah. Caught up in the law. You got Jimmy, you got, you got P. Yeah, you know, on drugs we get Chris. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, when 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 Pete understands he says that he understands he's working with the law, so he immediately says, "I hope you don't feel that way about me." Trying to fill out the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and kind of like I I don't know exactly what that look was like <laughs> when I was at your house last time when you gave me that that slow stare. You yeah. know, so yeah, definitely needing to fill it out. Like, okay, are you picking up on something? Am I picking up on that you're picking up on? Because even when the dude was like, bro, you you can get him uh the skip the police officer. He's like, nah, I'm telling you, man, I've been knowing him since a kid. Like he he ain't fully bought in on of thinking everything's all right, you know, right. which is smart on big P's in. And Big P, if he wasn't a rat, he would be the ideal mob member. Mm-hmm. He's he's just of the right age. He's just smart enough. He's just witty enough, clever enough, uh, just enough, uh, you know, standards as far as respect for this thing of theirs. He would be ideal if he wasn't working with the feds. Yep, he's uh, the prototype man. He's a Ben Simmons. Ben, he's got, okay. all, the, he's got the he's got all the pieces that to, to to be a superstar, but he's got this mental flaw and these other flaws that hold him back. Yeah, but he, on on paper, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we do, but we do have Silvio Dante. I guess we can't overlook Silvio. Nah, Silvio G, man, Silvio yeah. G. Like I rock with Silvio. Like Silvio's yeah. perfect for Tony. Let, let me you ask this I mean? before we move. I, I ain't trying to take all your time here, but why are you here? Nah, we it's, good, man. Listen, I could do this all day, man. My guy, the type of person I like to pod with, uh, Silvio. Is he the soprano? Is he the soprano stringer bell, or who would you say the soprano stringer bell is? Ah, that's a great question. <laughs> that's a great question because, yeah, he's the, he's the stringer to a lesser degree. Okay. Um, he brings a lot of insight. I Not ambition, too. though, I guess, huh? Who said what? Probably, I but I thought about, it, but probably no ambition like stringer. Nah, no, no ambition at stringer at all. Um, I think that's more of a Chris thing. I think you can kind of mix those two. Mm, okay. Um, in in a, in a perfect world, you mix. Everything good about Chris and everything good about Seal, and you make yeah. your own stringer. Yeah, um, and they all have their own character flaws and their own things that they get in their own way. Um, okay. Seal, not so much. Yeah, Seal is perfect because he just plays his role. Chris, yeah. Seal is more of a Chris Partlow. <laughs> Chris was for Marlo. Yeah, 
Like, I don't really have ambition. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything. I'm loyal to the – like, you don't have to worry about me. Yeah. Still would have done whatever. Okay. And I don't think once you ever – he's one of the few people you will never think about still having a, nah. you know, a, a flip moment or he knows yeah, exactly what right. his role is and he he's going to deliver every time. You're right. I like how you put that. Yeah, put the blend between Christopher and Silvio and and we get that a stringer. All right. I just like to poke at the uh the wire a little bit. I know I know you uh huge fan of it, you know, this is your number one. So I just I always poke at that. Um but in this moment, uh we see the young boys down at the bottom of the mountain of the hill, and Tony is immediately heated. It's like you're not supposed to see and these boys are you know you know how spike feels like he just hates stupidity and same. like <laughs> same <laughs> same man y'all can you be so stupid right and it's like bro y'all got a job to do like y'all supposed to be with the other dudes that are about to pull up and you know do what they're doing to try to you know make the play happen it was crazy man um but we get them the the, the they come out i guess the plan was yo whip up on the, the black co-workers and all of this, but boy, I did not like the reverend getting into it. Like when we we want pe- uh, we want this. When do we want it? We want it now. And he's getting extra passionate. There, it's just it's it's, it's a thing I hate. What you just like when we try to use certain scenarios as a uh, you know way in a wall type of situation <laughs> where I get it. Like yo, it's unfair. That is our experience, unfortunately, at times, especially in this moment. But I hate when we turn it into. You know, turn it into this like you know Selma thing or something. I don't like when we always do that at moments. But I mean, I'm not saying it's not necessary. It's just moments like these where it's like he's getting extra passionate about it. Then to find out, man, you a snake, bro. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's what that's a real winner. You know that, that money. <laughs> um, but I agree 100, man. It's it's first of all that was a weak ass right hand thrown by thrown by dude at Chris. Oh um, yeah, he threw that first punch. Right? Oh, <laughs> he kind of edited a little bit because that was yeah. first, first hand. And it was weird that he was even chanting while there was a fight going on. Anyway, like, bro, there's some action going on. Yeah, um, and yeah, this was only Chris scene in the episode too. Yeah, and Chris was talking mad greasy. Like he's like, yeah, "Hey man, I want I want to see the I want to see the foreman. You want to see the foreskin? I mean, you want to talk to the foreskin?" What hey, Chris, Chris? That's Chris's mo, man. What yeah. remember uh, with uh, when he was getting the burgers? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. hit is a hit. Yeah. <laughs> Who's welfare check? I got a cash to get a burger around here, some shit like that. Like, talking, like, I don't know what it is with Chris and black people. Like, he just flows differently with them. I don't know if it's a generational thing. It's, I, I don't know. I may be, maybe because I'm black, I just kind of obsess about Christopher's relationship with black people. I don't know why, but he just feels so comfortable in like, not to say, oh, I'm treating you equally or nothing like that, like because they, they're going to be who they are, racist or whatever. But like he to me, he just always feels like almost like I don't really care about if you're black. Yeah, like, it's, gener- keep it's, your, generational. it's generational. Yeah, like keep your mother off the street and I won't keep like banging her like, whoa, yeah. bro. He, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Only Christopher scene. We see Bobby Bacala and then they give us a joke of him being tired, you know, uh, so it, it was a good scene. I mean, I guess they 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 handled it by brute force. That was the uh, the technique that they chose to do to kind of get things moving. And I guess that's where the whole money transaction probably played a part in. Uh, you know, Tony sending the guys over because he got that you know that check when they were back at the uh, opto. What is it? I can't even say the word optometrist. Um, ophthalmologist. 
ophthalmologist. Yeah. Okay. Um, we get over here to Livia and Janice, and they're in the hospital. Uh, and again, she comes and sees her, checking in, staying consistent because she's building her plan and she knows how to do. I don't know how often she's doing this, but she comes and just tells us like, "Hey, yo." Like the house, like Tony's agreed, he's gonna let us get the house back. So you come back out. But then Olivia's like, nah, I want I wanna go back to the other place. Like, I want to go back to Green Grove. And that's very funny. It's like, oh, so now it's not that bad. Now you were good with it. You like what you had. So, you know, now you want some act right. So let me ask you this. I, yeah. I had a question for you about that. Do you think that was more of Livia actually liking Green Grove more than what we she led on in season one? Or does that say more about I don't want to live with Janice? I don't think she's picking up the Janice trying to live with. I think she's thinking Janice is trying to get something over with this, but I don't know if Livia is picking up that. And we, and we would love to give her a lot of credit. Most of these characters, but I don't think Livia is picking up in this moment. Oh, uh, she's trying to live me. I don't want to live with. I think later we'll get that. But at this moment, I think it's just more like, Nah, well, she actually. told her. She told her. Janice told her in the scene. Oh yeah. Oh, guess what? Did. You know what I mean? Guess what? Like you know, Tony's not selling the house. You know, you're gonna go back home, and I'm gonna live with you. Oh right. She said it here. Then the other scene, she said, "I'm gonna take care of you." Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Later on, when she yeah. So that's why I'm wondering, like, is Olivia really like Green Grove, like she's saying, or is it more so like I'd rather go back to Green Grove than live with Janice? Okay. Well. <sighs> maybe so you could yeah you, you you could be like and what i thought was interesting and maybe you can clue me in why didn't she give tony up to say tony wouldn't pay for it she didn't never say tony wouldn't pay for you going back to green grove she just flat out was like it's too dangerous there they just killed the owner you know you know they just found him you know he's dead or whatever why you think she didn't give tony up and just say flat out like he won't He's not going to look out for you. Um, I, I I just don't think that that was playing into what she ultimately wanted because she mm. got very, <clears throat> this is the first time that we saw a plan of hers kind of going the other way. Mm-hmm. And she got very um, flustered at the idea of Olivia not even wanting to go back. And she knew that danger might be more of a um, precaution to Olivia than Tony not paying for it. You know, mm. she knows the status of the relationship isn't that good. Okay. Even bringing that up might even set her off. And the last uh, thing Janice wants to do right now is set off Livia. She wants to make it seem like I'm your perfect child. Gotcha. So let's not even bring Tony up into it. And if I can tell you, like, it's not even safe over there and told her the truth, yeah. then maybe that would be a better idea to bring her home. Okay. I like good. I, I think I, I agree with that. You're right. It could, it could set her off. Uh, okay. And then, you know, we get Livia kind of chokes on a cookie, whatever, but she still doesn't want help or whatever. I, I don't, uh, you know, just just a simple, subtle, like, you know, just being old, like not being able to digest your stuff like that. You need to be taken care of. You we can't even do something. <laughs> yeah, like you can't do nothing as small as, you know, <laughs> chew your cookies on your own. Um, We we go over to well, Janice. Whoa, what? You still in this scene? I'm going over to the household unless I'm I was say the else. biggest thing about this scene is a nurse bringing up DNR to Janice. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, that because that goes you, right. Yep, and it goes right into it. But that's when you start seeing Janice's wheels start spinning for real. Yeah, 
you, you know, when I first seen this scene to this time around, I almost thought like, and I, I ain't gonna read too far into it, but I almost thought like, well, did Janice have a delayed re- reaction? Like, almost like I kind of want to see if she go choke real, real quick, you know? What I mean? <laughs> but I, but I was like, ah, she did kind of react on time. Like it wasn't. But I always, I think just because you know how things are, you almost looking for that type of situation. But I kind of was looking like, is she kind of delayed on the, like, Janice I'm going to let you, you know how they do on TV movies. They be kind of let them kind of see they're going to die. Janice is smart. <laughs> well, her paperwork ain't filled out yet, so she need to get the wheel like she was talking about. So I guess yeah, it wouldn't have benefited. So, I, but I almost was like, it is a delayed or whatever. But yeah, so, the, so the, the, you know, the nurse brings up the DNR and that's how we, we leave that scene and then going into the next scene, you know, met, uh, Janice talks to Tony about, you know, the DNR, which is the name of the episode. Do not resuscitate uh, something that kind of I just kind of took a little nerdy stuff. I thought it was funny how they Tony was on the input screen on his TV and how difficult that used to seem in the 90s. Like when we were on the input screen, the blue screen, bro, with the white text, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. It used to just like how do I put like I remember we used to have to have people like can you hook my my sixty four bro can you I don't know how to it was so simple now we can we can we can break our uh, you know fire sticks and Roku and smart TV like bro input is a norm like oh now you just got to go to input too like it's crazy to me like how hard that was and like the advancement of our information and knowledge these days bro uh, yeah that's a good that's a good call <laughs> I love that about this show and older shows in general just yeah. I was, unless you lived it, you don't understand. That's a fact, bro. Because he, he was like frustrated for real. Like auxiliary B, what are they talking about? Like, yeah, you know, like, where there is no auxiliary B. Yeah, I get it, no, dog. Um, but uh, also, Metal asks, you know, where the key so she can, you know, take AJ to see Grandma. But she she calls him Anthony. What was that? Like, um, I think she was being she was being facetious. She was trying uh-huh. to be an ass. Cause she mm-hmm. she said mother. I've never heard Meadow say mother other than okay. the scene. Yeah. Cause when she asked, you know, because Carmela kind of gave her a smart response, like you got a license to drive, not to just go around on the school night. Mother, I was mm-hmm. gonna take Anthony. Like she was just being a sixteen year old. Okay. Like if you want to drive us, then fine. Right. Um. But yeah, okay, I I, I agree with you. The, the kind of being funny, I like that. Um. But you know, so Janice finally he said, like, I don't care. She's gonna be a vegetable, she's not gonna care anyway. Olivia, you know. <laughs> he's like, Bro, I'm super over this. Like, you know, so uh she gets she she's her plan is working so far. So she's getting got it off. He's like, Do whatever, y'all deserve each other. You can have a house. Please leave me alone. Break by break, man. Like I said, Tony's too important to be dealing with stuff like this. He's not a, he doesn't care, and he's trying to figure out this input thing, like you said. So <laughs> He does say one of the most interesting things, which is 100% spot on. Um, go ahead. Take the house. Live with each other. You deserve each other. It'll be worth it just to watch. Indeed, Tony, it is. It is yes. worth it just to watch. Yeah. Like, because, you know, it, so that speaks volumes because he was going to sell the house for 180 grand. So it's like, all right, it's worth 180 grand. <laughs> so yeah, get out of my face, man. Get, yeah. get out of here. Take her, please. Because now I kill right. two birds with one stone. I ain't got to worry about you being in my house and in my space. Man, and now I have to worry about you bringing her up again. Like you take care of her. That's on you. That's a great play. It really is because that's working out. You ain't got to worry about your mother. It's yeah. That was. There's another uh, situation that happens in this season where Tony looks at a character and says, "You know what? It's your problem now." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 
boy, I mean, he had to he had to cave in because she was gonna keep going, and it was just like whatever. But uh, we pan over to a big, big, huge uh, setup here. Uh, Meadow drops AJ off with Olivia. I love their sibling deal that they made here. I thought that was kind of funny. He's like, oh, then are you gonna tell him me? Oh, okay, I was gonna let you go drive because he well under age. He's probably maybe 14 i imagine 13 14 yeah about 13 i say 13 yeah three years okay so it's like nah bro we ain't doing that like you ain't about to yeah because he yeah he'd be like middle school because she's a junior here so maybe he's eighth grade i'm imagining yeah i don't think they ever shared like time together i don't think they were ever in high school together yeah okay well seventh grade maybe seven okay so seven even younger than that then yeah so maybe 12 uh but just like, oh, okay, well, you gonna tell him me? I was because I guess she's going to see a boyfriend or something like that. No, she's going to see Hunter, Hunter, her friend. Oh, her she friend, the, the girl. Yeah, disorder. Gotcha. Uh, I know yeah. Spike probably hate that because he was hating what happened in season one with the old girl and the soccer team, these disorders and stuff like that. But her friend Hunter had an eating disorder, so she was in one of the hospital rooms upstairs. Oh, I didn't get, I didn't pick that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what she said on the elevator. She said Hunter's in here for. Her. I think she said again, like she's in here again for an eating disorder. So I'm gonna go see her. Ah, uh, see, I did not catch that. Uh, which is interesting because Liv, I mean, um, Meadow doesn't really have an issue with Livia, you know, nah, she doesn't, but I she don't know if she ever did. No, nah, uh, she wanted to, but she wanted to get out specifically on a school night. Her coming to Carmelo was a straight up, you know, I know exactly what I was going I didn't have any plans to come to see uh, Livia. AJ was just my excuse. Which okay. is what older siblings do a lot, you know, use yeah, a young sure. sibling as an excuse. Like, you know, I get I it off. Yeah, exactly. I just want the whip. Like, I just want to drive, you know. Exactly. Especially uh, when you your license. Boy, like, especially when it's fresh. Um, now, this is right. This right here. <laughs> this is where now I want to ask the question. <laughs> um, uh, is Livia losing, like, losing her mind here, right? So, this is why I want to see where you're at with it. I'll tell you where I met with it. So she says Janice comes over every day. Daughters take better care than sons. Then turns around and says, after Beto is gone, they'll leave you here for days. <laughs> like, what this old lady is out of it, bro. Oh, man. It's like Johnny's a saint. Then it's like, uh, you don't know what he put me through. It's, it's, yeah. It's so funny, bro. God. So is please to maybe you can probably insight. You're very detail oriented. And I appreciate that in your craft. Where do you stand on it? Because I think you're supposed to literally gauge it like how her memory is. I gauge it from she's in tune and she's out of tune. But Spike Gage is like, no, nah, she's full of it all the way through from the moment she ended up at the Sopranos house. That time when she was looking for her sister or whatever that wasn't alive anymore. Yeah, where, where do you stand on this, bro? This is one of the most fascinating things about Sopranos. Yeah, because it really, it really, you go back and forth numerous times about it. Season one did such a fabulous job of making you think that she was losing it a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think if you don't have that build up, you you're not even questioning it. I think I think I think Libya's full of it. Mm. I think the way that our brains work in general, and I've discussed this on one of our podcast episodes, just how the memory works. You know, when you remember something, you're not remembering what happened. You're remembering your last time remembering it. You get what I'm saying? 
So the brain itself, when you have all these thoughts, years and years and years of these thoughts and um, different memories that you can draw back on, I think that a lot of them can can get mixed up. But Livia just shows too many signs of being sharp and on it. Like she's seen through Janice and her plan. Like in a very in trailing this scene when they have their scene together, she tells yeah. her, I know what you're trying to do. She mentions I got money somewhere. She says that because she knows the end game. Like maybe if I say this, I can save myself. So yeah. I think that if a, two things can be true. Okay. I think when it comes to the mundane day to day, I think we all lose it a little bit and hmm. you can get things mixed up. But I think in the grand picture and knowing what's going on. She's not helpless out here. She knows what's up. And I think a little bit of it can even be a little, you know, playing the game. Mm-hmm. She can say certain things around the children. Even in worst case scenario, they can back her on like, oh, no, grandma was in this shape or in that shape. Yeah. But I don't I think she I think Olivia's full of it. I think she's smart. Um, I think that she has some, the same memory loss anybody in that age would have. But I don't mm-hmm. think it's to the degree where it, She's well, she trying to reach shit. Where she taking it to? Like Tony's one hundred percent right, man. There's nothing wrong with her. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> what, you know, was she, she smiling at the finale? Yes or no? On the uh, first season? Yeah, she was smiling. Okay. She had a smirk on her face. Okay, she right. gets joy out of that. That's what she lives for. That's what's keeping her alive. <laughs> said, that's Tony, her thing. Negativity. That's yeah. Tony told uh, the Reverend, man, she's too miserable to die. <laughs> yeah, that's that's her thing. Like feeling bad makes her feel good. Probably, like mm-hmm. I wish the Lord would take me is something that she says all the time. That's probably a great thing to her. Like saying, like she opened yeah. up the window and pushed me out. Like she said that this episode. Yeah. Like, she said Johnny was a saint. She cries after. So it's is it? Are you crying because it's hard to say something good? Like I, <laughs> I that was a that was a reach. But like yeah, nah, uh, man. She's she's a trip, man. She is a trip. And yeah, yeah, she's she so good at it, and that's oh, what makes it. She's so. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen it in another character in any, in any other show. Yeah. She's so good at it, and even even I can say, even me saying what I'm saying, only like seventy five to eighty percent of certainty. <laughs> you know what I mean? A show yeah. this smart, you kind of leaves you on the fence, and I love that they don't explain it. Because it, yeah, because you can almost if you rewatch it like we're doing, you can almost watch it. Say, okay, I'm gonna watch Livia with the the with the concept of she knows what's going on mm-hmm. then you say i'm gonna watch it again when you watch it uh, the whole series or a season i'm gonna watch it with her actually losing her memory and try to look i mean look at it from that point and see where the crumbs are for that so you're that's they both uh, makes sense man it's it's literally lloyd five two or fine two this is to me like it's it's right there is she is she's five two or is it she's fine? Too? You don't right, know right. still. He says it's both. So it's like, this is that for me. Um, yeah, man. And like you she, said, she said she, she she told Janice, um, you know, I saw that scene with Richard. Uh, oh, I can't remember his last name, the actor. When she makes that mo- notion, like she knows, she told Janice, I know what you're doing. I saw that movie with Richard. That's a reference to Kiss of Death, a movie where mm. a serial killer pushed a woman down in the, the stairwell. In her, in oh, her that's why you had that flash forward where Janice is like having that vision of her falling down the steps. That's a reference to that movie that Olivia mentions. Like I've seen that movie before. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me up out of here with this. Do not resuscitate. Well, then let's let's let me go ahead and pan over there. Let me just say this and pan over there because I like where you're taking it. Uh, uh, I I like Sopranos do a great job of mixing two things at one time. Uh, AJ's talking about DNA. He mentions <laughs> DNR. But he's still not staying with her on when she's talking about DNA. I mean, DNR. Mm-hmm. This, and so that they do such a great job of people being on two different pages 
I just love when they do this because this is really how real life works. I don't know how you I write things and I have no idea how you write this. Right. You know, it's it, it's it's like two images on top of each other and you turn the opacity down so you can see pieces and parts of different parts of the image, but you never quite get the full picture. It's it's, it's crazy, bro. Yeah, um, genius writing, man. It's next level. That's why this show is what it is. Yeah. Um, and then also another another AJ spilling the beans moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he did that season one, didn't he? Yeah, about the whole therapy. About Tony yeah. being in therapy. <laughs> yeah. Don't he know that's a racket for the Jews? Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, we get uh, Janice. The morning comes. Livia is being visited by Janice. So Janice, now we find out that she comes every day. So she is like, boy, she is she is re- restless. So mm-hmm. she ain't got nothing else to do. Let's be clear about that, too, though. She ain't got nothing else to do. Yeah. Uh, but she comes and visit her. She's hugging her on the shoulders. and She got to smile and she's feeling good. She just built momentum until, you know, AJ has created that crumble there. And. Livia shares this story about Janice finesse when she was young. She said that she sold her ballet shoes for amphetamines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was Janice on, bro? Like, who is this? Like, I... Janice, wild man. She just she a wild a, child. A roadies, That's all. Man. She she wanted to get into the mix, man. She was with the shits. She As really a, was. You know, she it says really a lot was. about it says a lot about Livia calling her out in front of a strange company, <laughs> telling oh, yeah, a story she, like that too. Oh yeah, Cause, cause, and I want to correct myself. You you were right from earlier. This is the scene where Janice tells her that the house not being sold, I'm gonna live with you. So you are right. It wasn't okay, so it was a different context of this scene when she actually says it. Okay, good call, good call. Uh, so yeah, so you got to think, dude. Livia, you after AJ leaves, visitation's over. Uh, yeah, at the hospital, you're so mad. When I see, because even when she comes in, she has that classic Livia constipation look. Mm-hmm. And she, you, where, what am I going to say to piss you off? Because I am so mad that the fact that you would consider DNR. Yeah, you're trying to get me up out of here. Don't, and then she goes and tells, like, when she was young, she sold her ballet shoes. Uh, for And again, this ties into that later episode you spoke about with Bobby. Mm-hmm. And even actually, you can tie it into the uh, first season where uh, Jackie April says, You sopranos take it too far. You know, yeah. and then Bobby says that later down the road, too. So here it is. It's like, you know, you're saying this in front of the company, like, you don't spill the big, you don't talk about that stuff. These ain't, these people ain't family. You know, I, I think about the Godfather line, you know, you know, mm-hmm. don't, you don't go against the family ever. Yeah, like, man. dude, like, yeah, man, never talk about, uh, Never talk about it, you know. Never discuss anything outside the family again. Yeah, so like that, you know. Never tell. Never tell. Never tell anybody what you're thinking outside the family again. I think it's a quote. But yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. It is a, it's a dynamic that is very, very interesting. And even at this age, and she knows, and like I said, Olivia knows that I'm going to put her business out there, but I'm also going to protect myself by saying I got some money somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if I go somewhere, you're never gonna find out where this money is. You know, Jan, oh, that's so that's what this play is. Yeah, that's what that piques Janice's interest. Yeah, because she knows once the DNR conversation gets brought up, and this is why I say Libby is not full of it. Like, okay. I mean, excuse me, she is full of it. She knows exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. AJ brings up DNR. She knows exactly what that is. AJ also mentioned that Dad and Janice was talking about it. Mm-hmm. So she knows, oh damn, my kids are plotting against me. Yeah. Of course, I just plotted to kill my own kid. Mm-hmm. So, so he got all the reason in the world. 
I got all the reason to think. So that's where the whole money thing comes in. Like that is my way to stay alive. You know, that's what her calling Carmela the house for. Like that she is trying to set up a play for her to if anything happened, I know it's Janice. Like, hmm. you know what I mean? Making another godfather reference. I, you know? never... I know what you're afraid of. Yeah. So <laughs> Janice, he she knows what motivates Janice. So Jan, if I say there's just there's some money somewhere, Janice is gonna hold off on any plan to get rid of me and find out where that money is first. Wow, I never Wow, I never, I never picked that up, bro. From a DNR. That is, that is great. Info. I never, now that you're saying it, it makes hundred percent sense mm-hmm. because the play right now for Janice, because see, Janice is a small time hustler. Yeah, Tony's a big time hustler. Her hustle was just, I'm going to get mom there, and you know, maybe she was going to push her down the stairs. Maybe I was going to let her kind of cough a little too long. I was going to let her to, you know, uh. I just want the house and I'm going to take mama's car too. And that's all. I, that's my finesse. But when money comes to play, whoa, 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 hold on. Yeah. I start doing the math. I look at where Tony lives. I look at Tony and Carmella living. All right. I know Tony had her in Green Grove. That's expensive. Mm-hmm. Tony definitely has been giving Ma some money over the years. And if not just Ma, then maybe my dad, Johnny. There's got to be some money somewhere. I'm yeah. going to go for the bigger play now. So now I got to tolerate and not maybe accidentally I falling and can't get up, you know, type of situation, yeah. with my, you know, so that's, that's a great man. Great info, bro. Good. Good. Absolutely, good right man. Like, I said, like I said at the beginning, Janice came to town to collect <laughs> whatever she can get her hands on. She is going to collect. Yes. Um, we pan over to junior in the shower and they give us this simply for a later setup, but he falls and you know hurts himself and you know you get your favorite your sister's cunt line that people love <laughs> you know it's just like why is that the i don't it's, i don't know Soprano's take it too far man that's why the ted up sopranos take it too far can we get the merch made for that asap you know uh-huh. what i mean uh but yeah that's just that quick setup scene that we get tony and the reverend mm-hmm. and we get some very sad news man um his father passed away yeah I don't know, bro. This was a rough one for me on a low key. It's off air. It's not even a, a, a central character, but it was a rough one for me where it was like, dang, you just seen him a couple of days ago. Oh, man, look how he was doing good. He was drinking soda, you know, yeah, just sharing a story. Seemed like he was hopeful. And, you know, unfortunately, this happens. And I. I guess I was about to say, I don't know why they wrote it this way, but I do understand to kind of talk about the end of an era. That's kind of the setup, I'd imagine. Um what did you gather from this this whole scene? And then how how did your lid flip when you first watched this and find out that the Reverend was in on it on the on the racket? Yeah, man. So my first gather was it's the perfect setup of explaining why Tony and Junior still have a relationship. You know, a lot of the work that they did in this episode kind of goes into that. You have, you know, it's not it's not coincidence that you have a scene where Junior slips and falls in the shower. Just a sign, one of those first signs of, you know, you're getting old. Are you able to take care of yourself? You're still able to live by yourself. Those type of things mixed in with this guy that was perfectly healthy. I was just talking to passed away. Mm. Reverend having this conversation of, you know, we're the, oh, we're the, we're going to be the old people. Like mm-hmm. this generation is dying off. And Tony's like fighting it. Like, what are you talking about? We're still kids. Like, don't buy into that. The Reverend told him, don't buy into that. Like, as soon as that last person is done, we are the elder statesmen at these functions. Like, we yeah. are the patriarchs of these families. 
And we talked about how Tony loves his OGs and he wants that kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. He realized I'm about to be an OG without ever really having one. Mm. And this guy that I was just talking to is now going. Ain't that much time for Junior. So wow. regardless of the bullshit between me and him, I see that he's not in a good shape. You know, when, I, when we see him at the last scene, mm-hmm. he's on the couch, can't move. We think he broke his hip. I got to take care of my uncle. Because yeah. at the end of the day, regardless of everything, like I said, I know this is business is everything he put into it. And once he's going, all the information with him is going to. So mm-hmm. they tied all of that beautifully together to make sense of, because otherwise, if you ask us, you know, the average Joe, somebody tries to kill us. Somebody tries to do anything less than that, for the most part. We're done with that person, let alone oh, hit out on us. Yeah, so it, it just makes more sense of why is he still keeping and why they still have this relationship. And uh, it's a real thing too. That that you know, we gotta think this move this came out in 2000, and mm-hmm. people really look at that generation. I think they call it the golden generation or the great generation, yeah. Um, of that of that age range of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just how life goes anyway. Once that elder statesman goes, you know, everybody always says in the black community, you know, once grandma dies, things ain't the same. Yeah, you, know, you are now in charge of making sure, and sometimes you're not taught how to be charged. There's a gap because yeah. you're not getting as much information as you need. Yeah, he totally realized, like, man, there's still a lot of stuff I can get from this old man. (laughs) Let's see if we can kind of put our differences to the side and get things together, man. And I think that's the biggest play with it. And his pop already gone, you know. Yeah, his pop already gone. gone. Yeah, yeah, those are real things, man. Especially when you care about family the way Tony does. Yeah, it's not his situation. His family dynamic isn't because of his. His that's not what he wants. Mm-hmm. If it was up to him, it would be a completely different way. Like, Junior would be the perfect OG. He'd be like a Don Corleone. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as far as the Reverend being in on it, it just goes to show that money runs all. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. You had two groups of people who notoriously, with with this show or without this show, if you know anything about history, mm-hmm. groups of people just don't get along. And I love when y'all reference in season one the scene of true romance between um, – Sicilians being black or coming oh, from black people. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it's all yeah. the good tie-in into it, but we can find a way to come up with this plan to make money. Like mm-hmm. it don't matter what color you are or what you represent or what you're about. Like we about make we about to make some bread together. We yeah. about to come up on a play together. Yeah. They set up a future play that we see later on. You know what I mean? With the asbestos removal. Yeah. So that's all I took, man, and just selling out his own people. He knew he was in the wrong. Like my people, I think he's had a quote something about they be up in smoke if they knew that their blood was involved in this. Yeah. Um, it's really some slime ball shit, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the one thing to make a play where people are hurt, but it's not a direct hit. Like yeah. you put people in danger way. He said one of his dudes almost lost an eye. Bro, it's crazy. And you were like prepping them on, like, yeah, it's Nuts. Yeah. And you your own people. Be your own people, man. And that's what that's what all the show's about. This is a <clears throat> you mentioned Chris and his relationship with black people. Mm-hmm. It's a generational thing, man. A lot of the mm-hmm. things we see in this episode are generational. Yeah. There's nothing that his dad, <clears throat> excuse me, his dad would have never approved of that. Yeah. We we nah, know that. Nah. But this generation, yeah. yeah, our morals and our those standards that they lived on, I don't care yeah. about that. We about nah. to get this money. Like he said, you said, you know, these guys these days want to be mar- buried in their tracksuit. Like, you know, they don't even wear regular suits now. You know, exactly. you, see, you know, um, no matter the generation, it's always the same story. Same story. Same story. Same story. Uh, for sake of time, I'm going to move us through these last two scenes pretty smoothly. 
uh Livia calls the Soprano House. Uh and you can you can kind of chime in after I go through both of these, but uh Livia calls the Soprano House, calls uh uh Carmela picks up and it looks like she's losing it again, but maybe she she's not. She's clear. Uh, she says Janice is a real snake in the grass, and Carmela says, "Nah, she just lacks work worth work ethic," which is funny coming from her. I thought that was a funny line coming from Carmela. Mm-hmm. Put a stick a pin in there, and then the last scene, Tony sees Uncle Junior and realizes he's hurt. Uncle Junior still trying to save face. All right, I know I probably gotta go to the hospital. But don't call no ambulance though. Yeah. Like keep it, keep it down. You know what I mean? Roll me out there. And yeah. he picks him all the way up and he takes him to the car. And that is where we leave it. What did you gather in these last two scenes? The phone call and the Uncle Junior uh ride to the hospital. Um, Livia, once again, she's just trying to protect herself because she was gonna end that that call with if anything happens to me, uh, I'm presuming she was going to say Janice did it, whatever the case is. She's mm-hmm. just, oh, you know what I mean? I think that was the whole purpose. She's trying to make it seem like she's the victim. Oh. Um, Cause remember in that scene, she says on the phone, like he's mad at me and I have no idea why she's playing that role again. Like, I don't even oh, know like, why he's upset with me. Like, come on. Yeah, man. I might be convincing me on like, she really keeping it together. Cause yeah, I'm like back absolutely, and forth. Absolutely. That's why she even mentioned it. She knew what you think about it. This is, this is in the area of house phones. Yes. You don't have cell phones where we push a button. You got to know this number. Livia right. knows this house phone. She knows who she's calling. And, you know, she she tries to make it seem like she's not in tune when she misses Johnny. Yeah. And Carmela says, no, Anthony. But no, she knows what's going on. That's why she, <laughs> she, she makes herself seem like the victim. I don't even know why he's mad at me. Janice is doing this. Like, if anything happens to me, like, she's setting everything up. So that was my thought on that one. Uh, the last one is um, as far as Tony seeing Junior. For one, just how this life is full circle. You just kind of take care of that generation. Mm-hmm. And it also reminded me of Julia being old school. There's certain morals in this grounds that they have. He didn't want to call an ambulance. He didn't want to go out like that. He's stronger than that. It reminded me a lot in season one when Big P ran from the pool yeah, hall. Yeah, yeah. We don't do that. That's embarrassing. Yeah. You know, it's embarrassing for me to be wheeled out of here. This whole neighborhood going to see an ambulance truck pulling up in my crib. Like, we ain't gonna do it like that. Take me, you know, it's just this bravado type of thing. So, it is, yeah, that's what I gather from it. And, like I said, the main thing with the music in the background, Tony's still there for Junior. Mm-hmm. He realizes, like, I, you know, I'm gonna do him, him carrying him. Literally, I'm carrying you, carrying you, carrying the the boss of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, remember, essentially, you know, uh, okay, well. That has been our episode, man. This is going to be one for the books for real, for real. Uh, yeah, man, we went a little bit long, but I love this every is, second of it. Bro, let me tell you, I I have enjoyed this so much, and I've been listening to podcasts of Sopranos for so long, and I've always wanted to have such a deep conversation about it amongst like other black people that are yeah. into it, and it's just a rarity, kind of, and so... This has truly been a pleasure as well as doing it with Spike you, bro. And and you already know that anytime we in the jam, bro, you're the first person I'm calling. You know what I mean? Like, hey, yo, bro, if you got the time, dog, he's a little he's not available because he's a busy dude. Like he he does a lot of potting as well. So if you available, you are going to hands down be the essential person I'm calling for this because you came in here like 
we made a middle of the season trade and, <laughs> and like you fit right into the system. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate that, man. I know we got like categories to, to run through real quick, but sure. before uh, just a couple things, it's an honor on my end. I know I said it at the top, but honestly, man, what you and Spike do not only with this, but another week in the uh, books, like that's becoming one of my favorite podcasts. I love the conversation that y'all take place, but I mentioned earlier, I'm a big Spike fan. I love to have him on the pod and have a conversation with him about Bronx Tale. Um, mm. I know he mentioned that him being one of his favorite movies when he talked about um, yeah. one of the Chippendale dudes. He played Cam- Colangelo and yeah. Bronx Tale. And it's funny because young Tony and Sopranos played young yeah. Colangelo in Bronx Tale. Yeah, I thought, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's, a, it's a full circle thing. But I'm a big fan of Spike, big fan of you. We okay. talk you know, often about just our episodes and go back and forth with insights on certain things. Yeah. And yeah. one of the biggest compliments I can give y'all is as somebody who was a part of a movie and film review podcast, I don't want to touch Sopranos right now because y'all are killing it. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. A lot of times you see people doing certain things and you're like, oh, I can do that, man. I can do that better. You For sure. I'm such a fan of you guys. Yeah. Like, it is a joy. Like when y'all episodes were like, when you switched up from like Thursday to Monday, I was looking at Thursday like, yo, where's the episode? <laughs> that little hiatus between season one and season two. Yeah. It's funny, man, because I was talking to uh my friend Jordan. Uh, she's a big listener of the, of the podcast. She's a she's a fan of what you guys are doing as well. Shouts out to her, man. And I think we were having a conversation. I was like, man, my only gripe is we only get one episode a week. I know. And now my whole mentality is flipped. Like, yo, I get to keep these guys in my life for the next, you know, <laughs> few months. Yeah. So I look yeah. at it from that perspective, man. It's really cool what y'all are doing. Um, and I told you off here, off camera before that just that black perspective. Um, I've never had an opportunity to have a conversation about The Sopranos with somebody else who loves it like me that is black. Yeah. And like I said, that Italian-black relationship is always kind of tricky and funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, a, I'm just a big fan of what y'all doing, man. And I'm, I'm honored to always fill in for Spike. I, those are big shoes to fill, but yeah, for sure. he's busy, whatever the case is, man. You you know you can always hit me up, and I'm always down. So we can get into your, to your categories to end the episode, man. We can wrap this one up. Well, thank you again, bro. Well, I'll say that at the end. We'll get to the categories, and I I want to speak to that too. Uh, but our episode rank, y'all know on here we rank it by three tiers. We got uh, is it a made episode being untouchable? Is it a good earner being pretty good, or is it a just another envelope? It's, it was a cool it was it was a cool episode. We don't believe in bad episodes. There might be some debate later. There's some episodes that come to mind, but we'll we'll ta- we'll deal with that later. So with that being said, Rich, what do you rank this episode for your personal rank? Uh, as much happened, as much setup as there was, it was just another envelope. Oh, just another envelope. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's it got real close to being a made episode just because or a good earner, excuse me, mm-hmm. just because we get the full Janice set up. But a lot of this was really just uh setting up the chessboard. I think once you get into because season two is one of my favorites. Hmm. I think once you get into three and on, then you start you there's gonna be a lot of made episodes oh, in the season. Yeah, um, I think this is just a perfect setup for it, and I just called it just another envelope. But it was a very entertaining episode. Nice change of pace. Very funny. Like I said, it was a Janice-dominated episode. We didn't get much of the crew. Mm-hmm. I think you got to have a lot of the crew in there yeah. um, to be uh, you know, something significant. Hmm. Um, but it was very good, man. They, they Like you said, there's a, a, a just another envelope is better than 90% of television. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, yeah. the bad yeah. episodes of the Sopranos shows wish they could have those. Yeah, you're right though. You're right. Like people be ready to jump, jump, jump the ship for that. 
you convinced me. I think I'm with you. Just another envelope, just for the simple fact that we did not get the crew really like that. Uh, and, and we didn't really get, I didn't feel like we got a lot of the family either. Like, yeah, you know, substantial it, happened. it was a setup episode. Yeah. So we got mostly Janice, but I feel like we didn't get all of the Soprano household a lot like that. So we ain't focused there. We ain't focused really on the family, the mob either. So it's like, we didn't, we, we kind of jumped back and forth, but we didn't get a lot of anything to me, but it was a good episode nonetheless, but I say it's just another envelope. Yeah, when you don't have the crew and when you when you don't have Melfi, it's hard to be hey, Melfi, man. You know, Boy, it's hard I didn't realize. Really. And that's why this that's another reason why this episode is impressive. Because you two yeah. major elements that make this show, and it's still here yeah. we are almost two and a half hours in talking about it. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh the good earner award. Who's the MVP of this episode, man? I think we might have the same one, but I'd be interested to see if you have somebody else. It's Janice. Okay. Comes <laughs> from nowhere, 20 years cross yeah. cross country. And just immediately gets her seat, you know, next to the throne. Hey. Like she came right back into town, had an idea. Like I say, before she got in the plane, she knew what she wanted to do. And here she is making it work already. Like Janice is cold. She's cold. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just no way to really twist that thing around as far as she came back and she made the boss play and she's about to have a house and a car because her mom can't do much w- without her anyway. So. Um, who gets the broken balls award? Who took the biggest L this episode? You know, I went back and forth about this, but I think the only answer I can really justify is Freddie Capuano, the owner <laughs> of Green Grove. Yeah, you know, he got capped for 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 running his mouth, loose lips, but nobody else, nobody major took an L in my opinion. You know, it might be it might be setting up an L for the future, but this episode in particular, I think he's the only one that took it. Hmm. Okay, you could say the union workers. The black, the black. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, who this the unknown guy who almost lost his eye? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, he um, took a big deal, especially since it was all for not. Dang, it's so hard uh, to. I almost want to say Tony, and then I'm like the Reverend because it's like he lost his father. You can you can argue Junior. Junior, you got know. a broken hip. He lost his all his all his money, or pretty much his his yeah. income. Like you know, he took a big L too. He did. I'm going to union workers. I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, it just just to know that you're doing all this for nothing, and you got finessed into the politics, like how real real world stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, lastly, what was your favorite moment of the episode? The the uh, ophthalmologist's office. That was my favorite moment. Like that was just kind of, like Bobby, their interaction because we, like you said, when you've seen this show so many times, you know the timeline kind of gets blended. When you realize this is Bobby's first episode and you know what's coming between Junior and Bobby and all the interactions they have, um, I just really loved it. I loved the subtle humor. I loved everything they try to put into it. Um, I think my second would probably be Janice and Tony at the pool. Yeah. Um, and I was a big fan of the lawyer scene as well, but I think the, the 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 office with Tony and them getting that money that was that was comedy to me. Yeah. Um. I I probably will go with the Janice and Libya, the the last like interaction they had at the hospital. Okay. Uh, I like the it. They do some kind of creepy there, and I really like that for some reason. It's like this weird, like flashing, and she's looking at the stairs thing, and they took the time to create a cutout of Janice. Mm-hmm. I mean, of Livia's face to put on that that picture 
Like that's just a little detail. You actually had to have a picture, have a screaming picture, and put it there, and then they flashed it, and they like, you sure you don't know? what money i'm talking about like her tone and then flipping it back to janice come on i'm gonna take care of you and i'm gonna take care of you mm-hmm. and she has this look it's so creepy bro like even yeah. to the point i had to make a video kind of putting the creeps on it a little because i like yo this was kind of out there so that's definitely uh the moment for me um as we close here bro again i appreciate you I'm, as well i'm a big fan of y'all the culture garden uh, as well as we got y'all y'all doing your thing i love your chemistry shouts out to ray p the dedication on the road that was crazy yeah man uh, ray p school yeah school, man shout out yeah. to couldn't do any of this without them man shout out to them so man shouts out to y'all shouts out to all of those that are listening uh y'all tune in i appreciate this brother i appreciate all y'all that are tuning in tuning in and remember don't forget about it